Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show with three rugby league tragics talking everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shano. And I am the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. It's Thursday, believe it or not, and you know what that means. It means there's another episode of Carpool Rugby League. Not only do we have an episode of Carpool Rugby League, it is Grand Final Week. We have our Grand Final show, and a big show it is. This week on the show, Freddie out. That's right, we'll be talking about the New South Wales Blues coaching job as we're recording this uh, this afternoon. Brad Fittler um, decided not to accept the job offer given by New South Wales Rugby League. Uh, the Dally M's will be talking about the night of the Knights. Yes, that's right. The Newcastle Knights, um, well, their trophy cabinet may not have been added to this year, but there's definitely medals being handed out and celebrations to be had in Newcastle. Um, there still might be one trophy to add to that, though, because we'll preview the NRLW Grand Final with the Newcastle Knights taking on the Gold Coast Titans. We've got the State Cup between the Rabbitohs and the Tigers. And we'll also preview the big one, the NRL Grand Final. I think I better take a breath, fellas, because if I don't, I'm probably going to explode. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a great week of football, and, and I love Grand Final week. We had Daily M's last night. Um, the buzz around uh, Penrith. Um, I was down there during the week. Um, had to take my daughter shopping. The buzz around Penrith is as you'd expect. Um, teams having teams you know opening up their doors to training sessions getting access to the fans um you know um media it's 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 one of those weeks which i think i i was at the game on sunday the new south wales cup game i think i think it's i said it last year and i i i think i've been proven right this year we had this perfect balance now with the wrl where we have this perfect balance of what this week means when it's sort of the pinnacle for every type of game where it is a buzz around uh, this week. Everyone seems to enjoy it. Football fans have a lot to, to watch. It's, it's, it really has been, I, I think this has been a grand final week, uh, a bit like unlike no other where you know, it's. I think the NRL over the past probably ten years, fair to say, have tried to build the week up, and I think they've got the formula right. It's. It's. It feels like the way it should, which is grand final week rolling into Sunday, which is grand final day. Barbecues are plenty, unless, uh, you know, unless the the, the total fire band that might be in place spoils that. Um, Could be. It's supposed to be warm. Thirty five degrees. I, I think. I. I. I'm so far Thursday night loving. Watching everything this week, watching everything unfold, and I know heading into the tidbits, we're going to talk about Freddie. Um, what a bombshell during this week that um, that probably the inevitable has happened. But yeah, grand final week. I think the NRL are just continuing to get it right. Who'd have thought the twenty eighth of September, and we'll be talking Origin on the show. Um, it, it is interesting there. Griffo Shane said that um, 
He's really enjoyed the build-up. There's been a big build-up this week. I'll be interested to uh, hear your thoughts on the build-up. Uh, by now, this is the fourth in a row. You Penrith fans, um, do you still get excited? Or is it just one of those things where, here we go, another grand final. It's unbelievable, isn't it? The fourth one, as you can tell, I'm having a bit of a laugh there. But it's 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 an amazing achievement. It's a big week, and I'm sure you're really enjoying it. Well, I don't want to bust your balloon, bust your <laughs> helium, but... I've I've not looked at anything really the grand final. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I know there's been all sorts of things going on, but um, and I've had a few other things going on. Just haven't plugged in. Um, yeah, ask me Sunday. I'll be right <laughs> into it then. Well, but... that's uh, I think uh, you know experts and veterans like yourself with grand finals and Penrith over the last few years know that the build up is one thing. All that all that happens in the media this week is talk. You know, you listen to our previews in, in the past. Um, we've we've discussed all the things that are going to impact who wins and who doesn't. And on the day, um, you know, it's, it's really been over the past, you know, all those four grand finals we've talked about the Penrith have been involved in. The best team on the day has shown up and won. And uh, I know you'll be hoping that Penrith, we're going to talk a lot about Penrith later on. We're going to talk about Brisbane. Um, I, I think without going into it, too deep before we get to the tidbits, fellas. Uh, we've got the best two teams. I don't think there's any argument there that the best two teams throughout the season, the system works. Um, I, we say I think, it every year, system works. Yeah, it, it's, 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 it, when I say it in that, that regard this year, because I think we were left with the final four now, we we're left with the final two. This year, I think it was clear that there were two teams that had to be there this Sunday. They are the Panthers, the Broncos. We'll talk in depth about them. But as we mentioned, that. Um, there is some origin news that was breaking this afternoon. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, this will be, um, I'm sure, all over the media. But as we record this late this afternoon, it was reported that um, that there's there's going to be a change um, at, at New South Wales coach. So usually the man that's got his ear to the ground is Shano. So I might head over to you, Shano, for Shano's tidbits. Sorry, mate. We've got the work experience kid on the button. It's, today, it's okay. So it's okay. We've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to play all the music. I, I think the, the the singer behind that will be very excited this week. Um, yeah, true. You know, as always. Um, it's yeah. Um, we're talking about Origin. I can't believe it. And the reason being is that uh, this time last week, um, it really looked like Brad Fittler was was going to keep the job. It looked like everything was going to be okay. Um, what seems to have been the demise of Brad Fittler is is sort of asking Phil Gould to to assist. Um, and I think that with all the things that have unfolded, um, they've parted ways and um, the New South Wales Blues are looking for a new coach. Uh, already it appears the front runner is going to be um, Ricky Stewart. Mm. Very interesting. Uh I know, I know. Rooster Previn, he he he's quite often listened to the show. He was he was keen to see Stuart way back when, uh, with the heart and soul of uh, New South Wales. Look, it's it's basically every other tidbit I got we're going to talk about, but this is one where it's quite interesting that um, really what came down to to the decision was quite an interesting chat where a um, a relative coaching newbie in in um in Billy Slater was able to pick apart the New South Wales Blues and um 
I, I think that really hit home for certain people. Um, throughout the month, you know, his guard were falling away. I think the key personnel to leave was uh, Greg Alexander. Once Greg Alexander left, you sort of wondered what was going what was going to happen from there. And um, yeah, it it puts the Blues back at square one, and we and, and it's going to be interesting. That's the off season now for New South Wales. Who do they get? Who are they looking at? What's the ideas? I, I, this is going to be a very interesting watch this space because it's if if Ricky Stewart declines the role and you know this is all hearsay that he wants it, um, it's then going to put a very unique situation um, as to who they get and who wants it and 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 yeah I I. Whether they get someone who's an NRL coach or not, I, I'm neither here nor there. But, but it's it's a very interesting situation ahead because, um, effectively, they've got to pick their coaching staff. They then got to pick their they've got to pick the coaching staff. They've got to pick their their um, people they want around them, and then in a very quick turnaround, start talking about who's in line for 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 the Blues. So, look, we're going to talk everything rugby league. Um, about grand final week, but but that's that's a very interesting point that mm. this week, you know, we we haven't finished this 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 season yet, and yet already New South Wales are in this position where they're spending their off season trying to negotiate a, a, a coaching role. Yeah, and the interesting thing is too, I think this is going to be one of those situations where we're going to hear a lot of different stories. Um, and I, I don't know if we're actually going to know exactly how it all went down because I've heard um, the story you you were talking about there with Gus Gould and, and so on and so forth. There was one media outlet reporting the series of events just before on uh, we went on air tonight, basically oh. saying that Freddie applied for the job Um earlier on the week or last week, whenever it was, and he was offered the job, however, declined to take it. And it was based on the conditions. Apparently he was offered one year and, and there was also talk of a possible pay cut. And he said he wanted two years. Uh, New South Wales Rugby League said, we're not going to offer you two years. And he's decided to walk. I don't know if you've... Some, some, interesting, um, some interesting stuff I yeah. heard during the week was that uh, once sort of Greg Alexander had walked away, um, it, it really became part of the part of the um, I suppose part of the contract or part of the the discussions is that they tried to they tried to talk to him about who would be his crew, and apparently he he had no answer for who his crew would be. That that you know like. It's became tainted goods, maybe, where it's like, well, I don't want to be a part of this this system because this system's not working. And I, I think that's, I, I think that's pretty much where things were at. Where, well, if you can't, if, if we've got to sort of, if we've got to sort of get anybody now who's willing to put their hand up, we're not going to pay overs for that. We've got to, we're going to pay unders because you, you can't tell us who your coaching staff or anyone's going to be. Um, I, yeah. I heard talk like that, you know, when we're talking about money here, for, and I know to some people they may think, geez, for three games it's a lot of money, but obviously it's a big job, it's a high-pressure job. You're, you're working all year to get this team right and so on and so forth. But the money that was being talked this afternoon is, you know, that he was on like 
$400,000. That's what the New South Wales job sort of pays. The, the difficult thing, I think, here, Griffo, that comes out of this one is if it's... Well, it's definitely not going to be Freddie. If it's not Freddie, they're talking Ricky Stewart. If it's not Ricky, who, who is it? I, I, I think that they're at a point now... Cause I don't know if Craig Bellamy would do it. I, I don't know. I think we're at a point now where Brad, just, there's not an abundance of names. Can I just interrupt with something I read very quickly today? Just sorry, Griffo. Right. Uh, most clubs actually put into the contract that they can't, that a lot of coaches actually can't take up the New South Wales job, that, that you can be a consultant, like Ivan Cleary was a consultant this year, but you can't actually um, take up the role full time. And I think I think Ricky's one of the only ones who doesn't have that. So mm. when you start thinking about who you're getting, um, some of those bigger clubs who have, you know, some of those bigger clubs have actually said your, your your key role is to is to the club, and anything you do outside of that is more consulting than than head coaching. Sorry, briefly. Yeah, I'd understand that though. You wouldn't want your club coach there anyway. Yeah, well. I heard this uh, on my way home this afternoon on the radio. I was quite, um, quite surprised and, and disappointed. Actually, I, I am a fan of uh, Freddie. Um, I haven't obviously agreed with all his uh, decisions, re-selections, but um, and I just had a look he, under under Freddie New South Wales won nine games and lost nine games so um, I think series has not been three and three um, not you know two years ago uh, it was very positive um, he'd won three series lost one and then since Billy Slater came in they've, they've lost the last two Um I do believe that New South Wales, uh, had they have been able to field their best players, probably would have won at least uh, one of the last two series. But um, they've suffered with uh, with the fact that Turbo and, and Latrell have basically uh, missed the series both years. Uh, we saw when they were both there, they were dominant. Um, yeah, uh Freddie, I, th I think he did a good job overall. I, certainly when he came in, it was, it was a breath of fresh air. We'd been losing for years. Um, you know, obviously part of, of, of that turnaround was the fact that Queensland uh, lost those amazing players like Cameron Smith uh, and so on, that they came to the end of their representative career. But... Um, Everything seems bright and rosy uh, up in the Maroon side of things at the moment. Billy Slater, I read, has signed a three-year deal um, mm. to coach the side. Um, so they're in uh, in good shape. It's not that long ago that Queensland weren't in good shape and New South Wales seemed to be on the rise. Um, so it can turn. I'm... I'm really not sure where the Blues go here, though. Uh, Ricky's been there before, um, and, and I thought he did a pretty good job. He was there in the middle of the 
the Queen's Lamb dynasty when, when they had a much better side, basically. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Ricky as a coach. Um, that's just my opinion. He's obviously had mixed success over the years. He has won a premiership. Some would say he probably should have won more with the some of the teams he's had. Um, I I think probably the role deserves someone who's full time at it. But who do you get? Oh, that's the question. Mm. That's that's the big question. If you're not going to use someone who is basically a professional coach, where do you go? I, we don't have a Billy Slater type guy who's not long out of the game, but but really smart guy. We, the, I don't think we've got anyone that fits that bill. Um, <clears throat> listening to. Uh, to SCN this afternoon, uh, Muddy Johns spoke, and uh, the presenters sort of said, "You know, uh, we, can you give us a scoop, Matty? You're going to put your hand up." And he, he certainly said no. Um, he sort of favoured perhaps a Craig Bellamy coming in. Um, Jason Riles will be back at Melbourne next year, and he can sort of take the reins of the storm. And then looking at Bellamy beyond that as, you know, not a club coach, but blues coach. You could do worse than that. Uh, I know Craig Bellamy's done it again. He's done the job before and, and with limited success. Um, Ivan Cleary, I'd be happy if he did the job, but, you know, uh, I don't think Penrith are going to be <laughs> want that to happen. Uh, see, I've heard I've heard Penrith are one of those clubs that basically said no. Yeah, but then fair enough too. And then no, fair enough, mate. Mean, I, I would too. Yeah. If I was, the, if I was, the, mate, you, you're building a dynasty. Why would you want to then have your coach bugger off for for yeah. you know? I think I think it. I think for me, guys, it's going to. I, you've hit the nail on the head with Melbourne. Uh, Griffo, and, and you've, I think you've mentioned something which in a lot of the talk hasn't been talked about enough, is that the only club that's going to say yes to this is a club which has a very established or a very talented and experienced assistant coach because they know for two months you're going to be, they're going to be pulling, holding the reins. And I think, and I'm not saying that Penrith don't, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying that there's certain clubs that go, we're not putting the ifs and buts into that basket. And I somewhat agree with you, Griff. I, I think that maybe I've heard the storm of one of those clubs which aren't letting their people go. But yeah, I, I, I think if I was a Canberra fan, looking at what Canberra did this year, they definitely overachieved. They're not going to have the did side. Uh, I think they did. I think they did. Soft draw. Yeah. Minus but, 100 plus differential. Yeah, but they played final football. So. Um, they did. That's Can't you know, deny that. But than, soft draw than, got them in. My team, more than my team did. Um, so, <laughs> that extra time, extra time Newcastle game, which I thought was pretty good. Um 
I would not want you they don't have the personnel they've got this year. I don't think if I was a CEO of Canberra, I'd be very quickly pouring water on Ricky Stewart going. Unless he wanted to go. And I'd go, okay, you've got a choice, Canberra or the Blues. The the other interesting thing As a Blues too, fan, that scares me, by the way. Mm, yeah, look, and this is all... It's hard to know what's, what's going to happen here, but the other thing that, you know, before we move on, just to finish off here, just another thing for people to think about, um, Fittler's coaching staff, Shane, you alluded to it before, but... Um, Paul McGregor was the assistant. Um, Danny Badiris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Danny Badiris and Andrew John's also involved. And um, yeah, Alexander was the advisor. From what we're hearing, all of those individuals will uh, will not be involved in 2024. No. No. So this is what... I'm, I'm going to dub it here early. I feel like we're going to start to see the new world order of New South Wales. I think, you know, that, that generation we have there, that... That Johns, McGregor, Badiris, Fitler. I think we're actually going to start to see some input from the the next generation of blokes who who bleed blue and want this team to be successful. And the two names that come to mind. Now, I'm not suggesting either of these blokes would be uh, the head coach. I don't think that they're they're up for it, nor should they be um, put in that that um, role just yet. But I have a feeling, and this is just a gut, that Paul Gallen and Michael Ennis might be involved somewhere I, in this new scheme. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, can I can I add another name, which is a very little coaching experience, but Braith and Astor. Oh yeah, absolute football brain, mate. He's got too good on the telly. I, I know, I know that. But, but making when a you... mint as a man, would would being a manager impact that? Yeah, probably think he could do that. I I think being a manager may he'd have to maybe can that because that's the other thing that people forget. He's 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 doing quite well as a player manager. He's not going to can. Yeah, that's the thing. He'd be good. I I actually agree with you. I think as a football brain and as a New South Welshman, I think having him involved would be a phenomenal idea. I just think that he's um. I just think he's making too much coin in his other endeavours to give it up. But you never know. People have given up uh, money for for the love of the game before. So that's a watch this space. Very interesting but... to see. It'll be very interesting to see mm. what Matthew Johns does. Like he's he's a he's a media magnate now. Like he's 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 not. Bad. Mm. It'd be very interesting to see whether. The feud, the feud gets just to stick it to the brother. Yeah, fuel. Yeah, but if you're if you're Andrew, you go, mate. You got an opportunity now. Put your money where your mouth is. Go for it. Yeah. But when you look at the, you know, and I, I think north of the border, just giggling again. Yeah, I think it's you know it's one of those situations too. I think we got Gus, we got fin- Gus Gould's been what? out of it a bit too much. Anyway, we got finals football this week. We do. We've got a lot of finals football. Um, just before we get to it, though, I might talk about the the Dally M's. Um, last night, it was the uh, you know they often call it the night of nights. Um, I'm dubbing it the night of nights, but you know night night with a K. Last night, I'll tell you what. If I'm if I'm Robbie O Davis, that's actually a movie. I'm, yeah, yeah. The headline today. I don't know if the papers used it. I would have done night of nights with uh, the first night with an end the 
the second one with a K. If you're Robbie O'Davis, fair dinkum, you're buying a lotto ticket this week because if you're a Newcastle Knights number one, it's, it's all about you this week. It's uh, your winners all round. The Dally M for the NRLW, um, Tamika Upton, the number one for the Newcastle Knights, and oh, the yeah, NRL... Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll talk about her a lot later in the um in the preview. Don't feel stick with us. Yeah, if you feel like we've, How good was we're the glossing Titans over. Game? If you th- if you feel like we're glossing over Tamika Upton and her impact, don't worry. We've got a whole segment later on on the NRLW um grand final. But uh, first of all, we'll talk about the um the some of the other awards that were given. Uh, obviously, Kalen Ponga went wins the. The Dali M, that's the big medal that everyone was there to um, to see. He just beat Sean Johnson. He ended on 56, Johnson on 55, Nico Hines 54. Uh, then you had uh, Cherry Evans, Cleary, Grant, Fenua Blake, Edwards, Harson, Yo. Uh, Tamika Upton, uh, she edged out Taryn Aiken by one point, and Samima Taufer came in third. Uh, I should say equal third with Ali Briggenshaw there. Uh, just to go through some of the other winners, just uh, just so that we, we'll get to the Dahlia, but I just want to go through some of the other winners. You're going to go through uh, the team of the year. Yeah, the, the, I'm going to go through the team of the year and just make sure. I mean, obviously, ones like the Ken Irvine medal and the the, the top point scorer, Jermaine Asako, uh, those ones we already knew. Uh, but uh, basically starting with... Um, I want to start with the captain of the year. Obviously, we're going to talk about this man a lot later on. And um, I know there are people listening to this show thinking, oh, shit, the boys are going to talk about Adam Reynolds again. But um, captain of the year, Brisbane Broncos, Adam Reynolds. Wouldn't mind getting your thoughts on this one, Griffo. You are coming up against the uh, the Broncos this week, your team. But um, Adam Reynolds, captain of the year, thoughts on, on him winning that award? Uh, first I've heard of it, Graham. But... <laughs> um, oh. I can't argue. Um, we had some controversy last year when a couple of Broncos young guys sort of come out and said, basically, he was coaching the side. Um, and and they were the that was the guy that they sort of looked to. Um, so he has a massive influence. Uh, I, I can't argue that at all. Um, he has led that young side to a grand final. And, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't argue that at all. Um, so he deserves it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, on the radio during the week, they went through the candidates and you sort of went, anyone's worthy, but, He's the guy that sort of. I said when he left South, he was the glue. There, there's players in the there's players in clubs that are the glue, um, and and there's sometimes a player you don't think like when you're watching him on the field you don't think that they are. He he's been able to do it at another club, um, and I think I think it's a fair. It's a fair, fair call. Mind you, all the nominees this year, I think, were, were, were pretty worthy. But, yeah, for them to, to, to get to the grand final. Definitely. 
Um, yeah, and to get in there, and there's there's been a lot of talk uh, this week, and we'll talk about it a bit later. We'll talk about Adam Reynolds in a bit more depth. Um, one of the things I'm going to bring up later is, uh, you know, people people debating whether, you know, what he's done this year as the captain of this Broncos side, um, you know, is it a bigger achievement than 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 what um you know than the previous grand final he um he won in twenty fourteen if they do get the job done so there's a lot of talk about uh, as a senior player with a very young team the impact he has um if, if you if you weren't aware of that one Griff I don't know if you'll be aware of this one um the rookie of the year I'm I do sure know this one you know this one I thought you might have heard yeah. this one uh Taruva yeah. getting rookie of the year uh yeah. there there were some really good candidates for this um. Obviously, I remember I was watching it and I saw the candidates come up. I think it was Buller, Warbrick, and Taruva, um, both three phenomenal young players. And I don't, I, I, I had no problems with Taruva getting this one. I think, um, considering the circumstances too, with you know injuries early on in the year, um, you know May being out for a long, long time, and he's come in. I, I, I don't know if we've talked enough about Taruva coming in being a rookie. And just slotting into this side and looking like he's he's been there for years. No one's really talked in these big games about the fact that he's only young and that he's, you know, coming into this season he'd probably only played a few games. Yeah, he had. Um, he he uh, he's been a model of consistency this year. I've been so impressed. Uh, basically, every ball that gets kicked from the opposition goes to him. Because they don't want to kick to Toto, uh, they don't want to kick Dylan Edwards. So he's constantly under the high ball. I reckon he's dropped about two. Um, it might be slightly higher than that, but it, it wouldn't be much higher. Um, I think he's had a fantastic year. We saw him uh, star for the uh, the Barty last year in the World Cup, playing at fullback, and and I think he's. Uh, his best position is fullback, but, but he ain't going to play fullback while Dylan Edwards is there. Um, so he's adapted and, and become a very, very reliable winger. Um, he makes player meters. As I said, he's very safe. Um, he's a good finisher. I don't think he's scored a huge number of tries because um, the ball hasn't really gone that way. It more, more goes the other way. But uh, he's scored a few tries recently. Um yeah, deserved. Uh, Buller's had a great year for the Tigers. No one had heard of Jareem Buller um, before this year. I think he made his debut against the Panthers in that game at Bathurst where the Tigers caused the big upset. Uh, if he didn't debut there, yeah. it was the week before. But he, he was, he, he's been outstanding in a, in a poor side. Um, uh, Warbrick's been... He's been so good for the Storm. Uh, took a while for him to, to break into first grade. He'd been at the Storm for a little while since coming from Rugby Union. Um, I think he was more of a, what is it, they play the sevens or I, I don't know what they play. Yeah, yeah the shortened versions like the 2020 or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think he's a really good player, Will Warbrick and... Uh, Oh, he's a yeah, big fan. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, um, Jacob Preston from the Bulldogs was mm. ineligible because he 
copped a two-week ban or something. I don't understand how that's got anything to do with whether you play well or not. But yeah, but um, yeah, no, <clears throat> Taruva uh, deserved. Yeah, he's had a great year. Uh, he don't, he played maybe two or three games. He he did qualify. I think you can't have played five games. Um, so he was under that. He did play the odd game last year. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this year, I don't think he's missed a game. He, he might have missed one, if but but he seems to be there every week um, and and doing a good job. So well done, him. Yeah. And fair enough, because he's been an integral oh, part of this squad. Can can I notable mention to Bula? Like, I know I know the Tigers. <laughs> you know they are what they are, but. He's almost given them hope, like you know, like I, I think I think Taruva should have gotten um, the Rookie of the Year, but I think he need he he should hold his head up high for what he's done this year, and and you know, sadly for the Tigers, he probably looks like the kind of player who will end up elsewhere unless you know. I think he resigned, Shano. I know he's resigned his extension, but you know, I think when he's when he's hitting his straps, you know, getting in those mid twenties and, and running the ball back. Um and I only say that because in their infinite wisdom they re-signed the board for three years. But yeah. I I, I just hope that, that that maybe he might be someone that the Tigers can can start to build a build some hope around. Because mm. I thought he'd been great this year. I, I thought uh, in a side that's just getting <laughs> in a side that you know that that the belted one team once and and it's been belted many times. He he just turned up every week and and tried everything and was running around for eighty minutes and you know you can't excuse his heart. I, I thought it was a I thought for him to get nominated was a very very good thing for him personally and it may. Be something that the club can start to, you know, build on. I actually, when I was when I was watching, they announced it. Um, you know, big big fan of, of of Buller as well. I was I was thinking, oh, do they go Warbrick? Do they go to River? I, I'm a massive fan of Will Warbrick. I I think this oh, yeah. guy, yeah, yeah, he is an absolute freak. And and what we forget too is. Um, the interesting thing about Will Warbrick is, is, is you know, Rookie of the Year nomination at 25. Um, yeah. yeah. Obviously, the, what delayed his start was the fact that he was playing Rugby Union. You know, I think he was in the um, the, the squad that... Um, I think they got silver. I think they lost the gold medal match in Tokyo. So, yeah. Olympic medalist, there you go. But, you know, 17 tries for 25 appearances this year. Uh, there was also that great moment, I'm sure, that you guys, um, you know, all saw at the end of the uh, the game the other week for, for them to win. So Yeah, it was the grab last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that, yeah that's right. I was, I was out last week. I, I missed it. So, um, yeah, ineligible for the Carpool Rugby League Daily M, having missed a game. <laughs> but, you know, these things happen. Um, just, just... Going through some of the other awards, not to, to fully labour the point. Um, the other one, before I get into the team of the year, that I want to mention was the coach of the year, uh, Andrew Webster. Well, I'm yeah. very happy with this. I think he's a phenomenal coach. Okay. I thought the way he spoke last night about not only his team, 
but I thought it was very classy the, the way he talked about um, the two coaches that are playing this week um, and the fact that, you know, obviously that's where you want to be as a coach and the um, the admiration he had for those two coaches. Um, is very classy, very classy, um, and he's done a great job this year, given the fact that none of us thought the Warriors would be anywhere within Korea this premiership final four. I thought, I thought he spoke very well. And um, interesting to note, be very, I'll be very keen, only because it means the rugby league's back, to see what RTS does on this side. Yeah. Because that's, that's, you know, like you talk, you know, you, you start looking in the off-season, you start thinking about who's leaving, who's coming back, who's got what, what's your team look like 2024. Um, yeah, the Warriors oh. have a position. Just on Webster, hmm. deservedly. I mean, what he's done, um, lifting that team from where they were. Yeah, I think uh, I, I had him in the. I would have had him in the bottom four before I had him in the top four. To start of the season. Hmm. Um, they they've done really well, and, and I remember when he was coming to Penrith as an assistant. I think he might have been replacing Trent Barrett even. Um, and I thought, you know, who is this guy? Like, he's been at the Tigers. Um, we're, we're getting a guy in from the Tigers. How's that going to help us? And obviously, um, widely respected by Ivan Clear, who'd worked with him previously. Um, but uh, he was there for two years, and Penrith won two comps. Mm. Um Seraldo obviously been there quite a while and, and um yeah, highly respected by the players, did a great job at Penrith. So those two assistant coaches at the Panthers, uh, at the start of the year, with the squads that the two team that the two teams had, I I would have thought Seraldo's team would have been higher up the ladder than well, than the other uh, former assistant coach at the Panthers, Andrew Webster. Mm. And it's it's been, if you look at it, I mean, it's the Bulldogs have had an, a terrible year and uh, and the Warriors have been brilliant. So um, Quite interesting. A, a hat off to Andrew Webster and, and deserves the, the win there. I remember when Webster left the Tigers, um, that was one of the first sort of call for the board's head because I think a lot of people behind the scenes actually thought he was he should have been the next NRL coach of the Tigers. He was just apparently his player management and the way he the, his no nonsense approach to people um, really worked there. And, and it was it was about and he's he's a football nut. Like his brain, his football brain is outstanding. And I know when he left there, a lot of people were actually saying. This is the wrong decision, and and that was when that first sort of fracture in the, in the, in the management of the Tigers, they they went for names over the people who 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 actually produced the goods, and from what we understand, or from what I understand, I know a lot of people in the at, at the at the Tigers were really upset that that they let him go. Pretty much left because he he couldn't see a future. 
Mm. Was he there with Maguire or? Uh, yeah. Okay. But, but but with this undercurrent of, I think this undercurrent of of old boys coming back. Right. Which mm. you know, just look at it now, and you go, look what he's done, and and, he, and you know, I I I don't, I don't, I don't devalue. I I think. I think you know he left. He went to a club like Penrith, who were just phenomenal, and he is who he is now. And and yet again, it's another example of how the Tigers' management lets something good slip through their fingers. Yes, yeah, and all we can do is really you know look at next year and think this team's got one year under their belt. They've got the finals. They've got that experience. They've got. They can only get better. I, I, I'd actually be, and I know it's a lot of pressure for the Warriors, but uh, I, I'd expect them to do well next year, given what we've seen this year. But you know, it's it's, it's one of those funny things when it gets to the start of next year. I think some of us will will struggle to have them right up there again. But um, yeah. they deserve to be in that 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 conversation for the top four next year, given what they've uh, they've done this year, and it's all been as a result of the work that uh, Webster has done with them. Uh, what I'll do, fellas, I'm just going to quickly rip through the Dally M um, team of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll give the whole team, and then um, I might just get your thoughts, uh, just standouts here and there, comments, um, so on and so forth, rather than going position by position. As you'd imagine, the fullback of the year was Callum Palmer being the Dally M player of the year. The wingers of the year were Dallin Watini Zalesniak from the Warriors and Jermaine Asako. Uh, Crichton and Farnworth were the centres. Ezra Mann was the 5'8". Halfback was Sean Johnson. Uh, the props were Payne Haas and Adam Fanua Blake. Hooker of the year, Harry Grant. Second row was Liam Martin and David Fafida. And the Dalian lock of the year, uh, well-deserved Pat Carrigan. Um, Thoughts on the team there, guys. Uh, actually, I said well deserved there for Pat Carrigan. It's probably the first time in a in a long time that hasn't been Isaiah Yo. Um, yeah, I when the when the nominations come out last week and I, I saw them last Sunday, um, I sort of went through the side and and funnily enough, I think I, I, the only one I didn't get was David Fafita. All right, mm. that was the only one I didn't get. Um, only, only cause. Look, it's funnily enough. I, I can't remember. Dylan Edwards was nominated, but I didn't think he'd get the points. Um, same with Nathan Cleary. Um, I just knew he wouldn't get the points. Missed too many games. Yeah, I just knew that. You know, Johnson would have had the points over him. Um, same with um, going. I was sort of doing the sum, sort of thinking back who was the man of the match, sort of clicking back through. And yeah, so yeah, that I, I, David Fafita was, and you know what, bugger me, I can't remember who I had instead of David Fafita. The other, um, the other nominees, I think, were Nakora from the Sharks, Frizzell, Olukawatu. I think I have Frizzell. I think I actually have Frizzell. Olukawatu and Hudson Young was also. I think I, I think I had Frizzell because yeah. he, he actually, I, I, I was, and and this is not, this is neither here nor there, but um. I was, I was listening to, AB. I, I was listening to two of the Newcastle games on the ABC where he was player of the match. Now he was the ABC player of the match. He wasn't the 
you know, he was part of their Warren Ryan um, situation. And and I think that what had happened was, I, I think I just probably hyperinflated his worth. Over. And looking at wins and losses and looking at where the 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 Titans were, I just thought that maybe Frizzell would get it. But that was the only one I missed. Mm. Just uh, without any notice. Mm. Um, how about we go through from one to 13 who you thought the best player was in positions forget suspensions and all that sort of nonsense and all the rules and this that, um, that. yeah yeah hey. so th this is with no notice whatsoever but just mm -hmm. off the top of your head mm -hmm. if i'm asked who's the full back of the year i'm saying reese walsh yeah yes right and the, uh, yeah and yeah yeah, Reese Walsh, and I'll tell you what, the other player... I know he's ineligible and all that nonsense yeah. for Dally M, but for mine, the Carpool Rugby League Team of the Year, Reese Walsh is number one. And and the other thing you mentioned there, the other player that comes to mind when we're talking about players ineligible because of this Dally M system is, um, is Scott Drinkwater. Yeah. Yep. You know, he's another player in there, and obviously um, we know Caelan Ponga got it, but the other nominations there were Tedesco and Edwards. Edwards wouldn't have been far behind that, but Reese Walsh, I, I think we've... We'd be pretty keen to put him in at the fullback. Okay, so we've got Reese Walsh number one. Mm -hmm. I would say, um, again, this is off the top of my head. I haven't thought about it. Dom Young would be one winger, and I would I would say DWZ um, would be the other winger for me. You know what, okay, boys? No, I agree with you there somewhat. Because I was thinking about Dom Young today and and Newcastle, you know, Newcastle was sort of on the hunt. In the, I forgot that he's off to the right, um, Roosters next year. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. I thought, Not wow, so what, a sign, what an absolute insane signing. Massive. And then I thought about it and I went, well, if I'm talking about a guy like Dom Young being that important to this side, well, maybe he deserves a spot. As a as in the in the team of the year, DWZ I thought's just been outstanding. Yeah, Graham. Yeah, that's hard to argue with. I think because what they end up going with DWZ and Osaka. Osaka, look, Osaka mm. had a great year. Yeah. I can't. I, I think having did. all those tries. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he did well. He he, he played above his. I, yeah, uh, score, top I, I think Asako's done well. Is but I, I, I thought that... DWZ and, and Young were better. Asako's that guy who... Are absolutely... we picking two wingers? Yeah. Or just one? Two wingers. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, think I, I, go, I don't mind DWZ and Asako. I think Asako's been really good. He's um, a big part of that Dolphins team. Where I think Asako's been very good this year is that in previous years, he's been sort of the guy who'll who'll take the ball near the line, whereas this year he sort of flipped his role. At the start of the season, he was this guy who worked hard out of his you know, like helping get meters out of his own end, and for some reason that actually equated into tries at the other. Like I think that um, yeah. I think what Asako will get missed about Asako is he does a lot of hard work getting like he's like a tupu you know like 
for the Roosters. Whereas, you know, you sort of think wingers score tries, but you forget the majority of their 100 metres is actually made getting them out of their own end. I think that's where Osako does some good work. Yeah, and that's that's where also the argument, not, not you know, I think the next tier down you've got then your Brian Toto, and I think he fits into that sort of mould getting out of out of trouble early on and um, and contributing that way with lots of metres. Now, the centres, Griffo, uh, the Dally M went with Crichton and Farnworth. Yeah, happy with those two. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that too. I think that's it. A... I picked Crichton, and I'll be honest with you, I only picked Crichton because I thought he'd get it. There's a part of me that thought if Staggs and Farnsworth got it, I wouldn't have been surprised. I reckon, well, you know, I've, I've been talking for, I don't know, I actually months think about them. I think they're the best centre pairing. So yeah, can, I, I wouldn't yeah. argue too much with you, Shane. There, I they're thought, the best yeah. centre pairing in the. Staggs has had a great year. Yeah. But, but oh. anyway, Crichton um, gets it. It's fine. And, and, and you know what's funny though? The other players, the yeah. centres. It's a funny thing in the centres because all the other centres. I think Farnworth and Crichton have been the most consistently good centres throughout the year, whereas there are other centres that have flashes of brilliance. Like there was that period, just coming out of Origin. Uh, the Bradman Best, Best was in yeah. great form. Yeah. Isaac Tungo... Um, Tungo was great, but he, he, he missed, missed a lot footy. of games. Missed a lot he of games. He was phenomenal. And early in the year, uh, you know, everyone's going to go, here he goes again. That first half of the year before Origin when South Sydney were, were playing well, Campbell Graham was in great form too. Once he got that sternum injury, he yeah. was... Yeah. That was unfortunate. There were so many things unfortunate for, for that guy. He yeah. still hasn't played an Origin game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but um, always next year. Always. Well, always. Yeah. Who's the coach? I was yeah, thinking Ted true. Lasso. Nice. Ted, Ted Lasso. Lasso. Still, yeah, I like that. Still with yeah. Richmond. Or... Yeah, well, I, I think like to, I, like I know he's no no spoilers, but I think he might be free. Um, okay. five eight Ezra Mam. Um, Cameron Munster's probably the other other one in that conversation. Um, I think Mam's the unsung hero yeah. of the Broncos, Griffo. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with Ezra Mum as the as the five eight of the year. He was he actually missed many games. He's been very consistent, and he's been brilliant as well. Um, right from the very very first game against the Panthers, um, where he had a a big role to play in that victory. Um, I think, yeah, I'm happy with Ezra Mam as the best mm. 5-8 in, in 2023. Halfback. Uh, the, the best halfback in the game is Nathan Cleary. The best... He's... We'll talk about it later. Um, given where he's at, at his age, he has the potential to be the greatest halfback that's ever played. And that's a big call given... Uh, some of the halfbacks have gone through and, you know, your Andrew Johns and so on and so forth. I think even though he missed football, I know he's missed a lot of games, but when there's a round of football and Nathan Cleary's playing, he's the best halfback in the game. Um, I'd, I I would have been... I, I understand. Look, I think I would have... I wanted Sean Johnson to win that daily game. I think he deserved it, um, obviously, whatever. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to say say what they want about that, but the the best halfback in in the NRL is Nathan Cleary. 
I agree he is the best halfback in the NRL, but if um, now if these if these awards are based only on the 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 premiership proper and not the final series, um, I would say probably Johnson. Uh, I tell you what, Adam Reynolds wouldn't be far off either. Um, but Nathan Cleary is obviously up there, but he did miss a number of games. Um, I don't think Reynolds was even nominated. I think Terry Evans was the third nominee for half. Uh, uh, he's had a great year. Um, mm. Daily Cherry Evans in a side that hasn't fired. Um, he's been consistently good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all those guys have been uh, on top of their game. Mm. Um yeah, you could pick any of them. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who do you go, Shane? On twenty twenty three, Sean Johnson's been the best halfback. Fair enough. I'm not gonna argue. That's you know, like that's, I, that's that's where I was at. I, I, um, you know, yeah. In my opinion, in twenty twenty three, Sean Johnson's the best halfback. Yep. Yeah, um, I think Reynolds is, was was very much right up there. In actual fact, it's 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 so hard if I had because... to say anything, and I know it's based on points. I would have said that probably Reynolds was second this year. It's it's, yeah. it's a very hard thing because you know when it's 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 this multi layered complex uh, thing that because we understand the game, we watch it so closely that. There's so many facets, not just who's a better player, who come up with a big play, it's who's more important to their team, all these sorts of things. Yeah. You know, you look at Adam Reynolds and the importance he's had to Brisbane is massive. There's aspects of it where because of the system at Penrith is so good, they just have this, I say this all the time, people are going to say, here he goes again. They have job descriptions and there are weeks where they said, Cogger, we need you to fill that description. Now, obviously, there are these nuances. There's these um, additional um, aspects to the role that Nathan Cleary provides that no one else can. But, you know, they're very different systems. You have some teams where you have this absolute superstar that stands out because the the way the team is structured is we, we give it to the superstar and they'll do their job. And then you get these these other clubs that have these really good systems where you cogs in the machine, and it, it's hard. I I I find it very difficult when we do these things because I don't always feel like we're comparing apples with apples okay. because sides are so different. I think I think what happens off the field emulates what happens on game day, and very good teams who know their systems and know their processes execute that. The try that that that. The try that Walsh scored the other day was not practiced. It wasn't a trick shot. He saw an opportunity. He ran into the line, grabbed the ball that was for his forward and scored a try. Sean Johnson, I think that's where we sometimes sell some of these players short, is we say, oh, well, let's just give it to Sean Johnson and he does his best. I think good players, and I go back to Andrew Johns. This is what Andrew Johns did phenomenally. And I think Johnson is in the same vein here. They look for the football and they can do things with it and they can see the matrix where, and, and I agree, so can Cleary, but I think that certain players can see the matrix where others can't. Like that, like that Cleary try where he didn't have his boot on the other week. 
mm. where he just grabbed the ball and saw the gap. You know, they're the things that when you're looking at these kind of players, that's why they're the best. That's why they get half back of the year. That's why yeah. they get Ezra Mam's done that this year. Where it's yeah. just been you didn't practice that. I know you didn't practice that, yet it ended up being a try. Last week the Broncos, their average offloads were something like five. And yet they did 13 by half time. Yeah, you don't practice this stuff. And I think that's where I think that's where we I think we sell short some of the players who we just assume it's pass to them and hope for the best where in actual fact they look and for the ball they grab the ball they can see the play unfold before it unfolds i'll i'll, I'll be honest with you i think and I, i'm going to talk about it in the um the preview later on i think a lot of the things that brisbane do particularly reese walsh that appears to be um seeing an opportunity ad lib are more deliberate than we think like those that's right. that that's you, you you'll 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 see that it on the weekend 20 meters to take the ball off because you saw a gap that's you'll you'll but you'll you you'll see back 20 meters for no reason yeah but you'll see exactly he, you'll he, see he, on the weekend you'll see on the weekend that i don't have and you've seen it that. and you've seen it throughout the, the throughout the year here where Reese Walsh gets involved and he comes and creates that extra man, it's on halfway and it's after a pain harsh run and a quick play of the ball. They set oh, those yeah, up. Like, like it's it's it's, it's phenomenal. They're playing. I to reckon their there's twenty five percent. Twenty five percent of his line breaks. Twenty five percent of his line breaks are not coached. They're not set plays. He just does it. Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying is, that's it's what. Not just him. He needs. He needs the he needs the forwards to attract that attention and to to set that uh-huh. and get the quick play of the ball. It's this it's, it's seeing the opportunity. It's creating. Um, you're, you said you almost said putting everything lined tonight. up to create that opportunity. He is an opportunity. Yeah. That no one else sees, and he just runs. And you know what? Cleary does it. In some regards, Luai is very good at it. Um, he does things that we that i think are just totally off the cuff that that all of a sudden calls for the ball he gets his hands on the ball and he does wonders with it and i think that's the difference between the two sides in the grand final and that's why i think there's light years between next because they have i know sean johnson is a guy who can do this and in some ways caelan pong is another guy it just you know I, I just look at, I just think that, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said for someone who, you know, who takes the ball up without a boot on because he sees a gap, who mm. runs 20 metres to take the ball off a ball, uh, that's it, up to, to basically intercept his own player's ball to, to hit the try. I think that there's, they're the things that, I know Gould say you can't coach that. And in some ways he's correct. It's it's they oh. see something unfold. Jonathan Thurston in the in the in the um in the origin game in Sydney, which sunk the blues that year, you know, he he ran he ran 40 meters from the other side of the field to get involved. And and fully admitted that, that wasn't a set piece. He just saw a gap. He saw something. He saw something on tackle two 
that he executed tackle four. That's what these guys do. And I just think that they're, you know, far out. Like, that's next level stuff. That's, you know, genie-like. It's just brilliant to watch. I, 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 it's, it's phenomenal how good it is. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Walsh and that later because, you know, we talk about you can't coach it. I'll, I'm, I'm also going to make an argument that coaching to defend Reese Walsh is very difficult and um, yeah, his speed. But anyway, I think we went on a bit of a tangent there. But uh, the, um, the hooker of the year was uh, Harry Grant. I'm happy with that. I think he's. A, I think he had a great year. Yeah. Yeah, he's mine. I... Yeah. yeah. Hard to argue. I, I thought Wade Egan... Yeah, Play for the Warriors. Very good. Yeah. I think yeah. Arpy was the other I, nominee, I wasn't he? I did toss up with Wade Egan. Um... um Notable mention in the hooking role and most improved player, uh, Walters, Billy Walters. Definitely. <laughs> was it absolute... Could be a premiership no winner. Land at Tigers, was in no man's land at the Tigers. Um, you know, pulled across and everyone called nepotism. And Adam Reynolds said he just needs to be coached by the right people. Give him the right people. He'll be one of the great hookers of our game. And Yep. That's true. Uh, the props, um, thoughts, fellas. I mean, Payne Haas, I think everyone had him inked in. Fanua Blake was the other one. I think James Fisher-Harris would, would be in a lot of people's conversations, Griffo. Yeah. Um, Nelson. Uh, Nelson, he played a lot of back row this year. Uh, but I, I think I, I, I can't argue with the two they came up with. Uh, Fanua Blake and and Haas, um, Fisher Harris is consistent. Like you don't see him have a bad game. Um, the other guys probably their highlights reels are uh, uh, more. Um, Fisher Harris, you'd you'd want him in your team, um, but I think those other guys. Uh, probably deserve to, to to be in that Dalian side. I I couldn't argue with with that. Um, Moses Leota, <laughs> I think he's almost uh, as good as any of them as well. Like, yeah, Fisher Harris and Leota, they they perform in the in the semi-finals, and, and there's no Dalian points. Uh, Dallium is done and dusted by that, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be swapping the, the Penrith guys. But I, I can't argue that, that the other two had fantastic years. Shano. Yep. All right. I flipped the coin with Fisher Harris. I, if he'd got it, I would wouldn't have been surprised. Um. Yeah, I I think I think sadly for Fisher Harris, um, there was a little bit made of his um of his meterage and not as much. Oh, he doesn't make that many meters because Penrith play a different game. Like, But the fact, the thing is, Griffo, and I was just going to say, um, no one actually bothered to look that he's actually averaging 15 tackles a game more than what he usually does. So 
you know, I think I think that was a furphy. Um, I I'd have Fisher Harris in my team any day of the week. Yeah, we yeah. talked about it back. Sorry, Griffo. I'll just say, you want to win. Uh, you want to win big games. He's your man. Yeah, totally agree. Um, he's he, he's a quality player. I think um, other nominees. I think they had Collins and Trebojevic in there as well. Oh, Collins is, mm. Collins was outstanding in Origin, mm. uh, being good for the Roosters, but probably um, featured in in that resurgence at the end. But earlier in the year, probably what not. Just say Collins. Good. Collins couldn't catch a cold earlier this year, and the fact that he's actually named like it's it's of the year. It's not flash in the pan. This is what you played like for ten weeks. I thought his, I thought his inclusion, I thought his inclusion in that, I thought it was a bit like Leota. I, I actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I thought Leota should have gotten a mention before Collins. And does it yeah, go on the points there, crew? I, I, yeah, it does. Yeah, of course it does. Okay, well, so, you know, yeah. he had a back end of the season which, which helped, but. You know, like, I think when you're looking at it holistically as a nomination, you know, I thought it was a bit... I didn't think he deserved the kudos for that, but anyway. Um, we talked about back row, as I said, with um, Liam Martin. Um, Fafita got it. We had a bit of a discussion about that earlier. Um... Would would you would you have gone with Fafita and Martin there, Griff? I don't know if you we, we I'm just talking about detail. Liam Martin. Yeah. Um, Liam Martin had a really good back end of the year. He had a great Origin series. Before Origin, he was out for a long time, and and when he was selected for Origin, there was a lot of criticism about picking him. Um, and and in the lead up when when it was touted that you know William Martin would be there and then there were critics um, saying that oh look he hasn't you know hasn't played they shouldn't be picking him blah blah blah. Liam Martin is a big game player, uh, and, and as I said he's had a as a really good back end of the year, but um, he missed a lot of the season early in the year. Um, I'm not going to argue with him being in the in the Dalian team of the year because, well, I think at the moment you probably say he's the best second rower in the game, um, based on what he's done at uh, Australian level in the World Cup, where he's outstanding. Yeah, he was. I don't know if he was uh, the New South Wales. I think Brian Toto got the Brad Fittler medal. Um, but Martin was... was uh, he, he, You could argue that he was the best for the Blues, certainly in the first few games. Um, Pafita had a really good year. Not sort of the... All highlights real for Fida, but he rolled his sleeves up and he and he had a go. He got involved. Um, uh, Olakawatu was very good as a second rower. Uh, 
I guess it's one of those positions where probably there aren't that many that immediately come to mind as uh, thinking, well, he had a really good year compared to some of the other positions. Um, any thoughts, Graham? On I think when, when I was looking at this, this is see, this was a tough one because I was looking at this and I, I remember watching it uh, last night and I hadn't looked super closely at the, the nominees. And when they were about to do it, I said, Liam Martin for sure. And I'm thinking, I was scratching my head thinking the, who the other one was. And Fafita came up, I'm like, oh yeah, Fafita, okay. I was a bit surprised. I thought, oh, and I'm still sitting here thinking, it's Liam Martin. There's no one else that really stands out to, to pick. Do you, do you know what I mean? There's no one I feel that yeah. was deserving well, and didn't get it. It's almost like Liam it, Martin and the it's, rest. It, it's a position I think you made where, a good point there. Even though he was out, know, as you said, for a while. Yeah. It's, it, he's had that much prop, of it. And you think, we just had a discussion about the props. and There's, there's quite, quite a number of props. Um, mm. Whereas in the second row, I thought, oh, yeah, you're scratching your head. Uh, who I, else? I, I totally agree. It's it's really one of those tough ones. And even when you look at the, even when you look at the sides playing in the grand final, a lot of people might say, "Oh, well, who's in the best teams?" And I know you, obviously we talked about Liam Martin. Um, the, the other side of the coin, it's it's not as though a, a Kurt Capel or a Jordan Ricky, whilst they're great players and they have a you know really important part in that team, they're they're not they're not standing out. It's, I think this is a real, really interesting thing that I hadn't thought about until we've had this conversation. It's, it's Liam Martin and then the rest. I, I just, there have been flashes where people have good weeks. I mean, you know, Olakwatu has had some good, um, yeah, inconsistent some great games, but that's the thing, but, yeah. inconsistent. Hudson Young, another, another one Hudson, who well, he's had a good year, played some Hudson great Young. football at yeah, club level. Yeah, I'd, so, I'd probably say if if you were asking me this prior to last night, not knowing who won, I'd be going look. If I had to pick someone, I I, I might have even gone Hudson Young possibly yeah. as that. I as think that you could have argued that. Very in the second row stakes, it's Martin and the rest. It, the it is, isn't it? Yeah. And, and you know what? You look at those fringe. You look at those fringe guys, and I I actually thought. On Sunday, think back to the start of the year, the players who we thought, the second rowers who we thought would light up. I've got to say, Tyson Frizzell, I thought, has had a very solid year. Mm. In we, we, we thought he was past it. So it's. Yeah, I think well, yeah, a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. Well, even remember when he signed yeah. with the Knights. You were saying there's yeah, something. I think like, what you know. he's done, like, kudos to him. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's turned the clock back. Um, but, you know, this, when you talk about. Um, Martin being a notable mention, there's some notable people who who really need to pull their socks up if they want to be premier second rowers in this competition. And I'm not saying this because I have an affiliation with this side, but I think Keon Colomatungi is one of those players who it fell away and just fell off the radar. Inconsistent. Like, hey, At you his best. Be, you want to be one of the premier second rowers in this competition, Liam Martin has given everyone the blueprint of how to play solid, hard. And can I say this? He is such a skillful rugby league player. That's not what gets mentioned is that does he miss a tackle? Rarely. 
can he take the ball up and take it over the advantage line and post oh, post contact meters, whatever they call it now? Of course he can. His skill level is next level, and that's what gets missed. And I I I think it's him and the rest at the moment. I think this year we, we've seen like Viliami Kikau. I think was one of the second rowers of the year last year, and and he basically spent the whole season mm. on the sidelines. We saw the Cowboys with their much vaunted uh, second row talent and guys like Nanai, the balloon. Um, and there's a few others there. Lei Lua, all of whom had extended uh, stints on the sideline as well. Um, the guy, I don't know if he's in the second row category, but, but big Tino. I think there's a prop. Yeah, I know. Pride block. You know what? Yeah, I know. You know when we we used to our team of the year and we we go, oh, I'd play him at second row. Yeah, I'd play him at second row. You know know how we're talking about who we think? Yeah, you know. If, um, look, I'll I'll tell you what. Say say for argument's sake that uh, Penrith were were to do a midweek signing of him this week, he's, he's probably playing second row for the Panthers. So, uh, you know, a bit of a bit of a joke there because you know you've got quality players um, in all positions, but it it just it just shows there's a yeah it's it's not saying that the NRL is lacking good second rowers, but it, I think it just shows that in form Liam Martin is just daylight ahead of him. I I I actually I actually think I actually think you hit the nail on the head. I think the role of a second rower is is to play on that edge to be able to have good hands, a good passing game, and be Run able to block. Do, yeah, like... Often you know, they're like, running the block to, to make the space for the centres. Quite often this year, the good teams and the bad teams that don't have Liam Martin have got it wrong. Their player drops the ball two or three times a game. They're missing two or three tackles. They're too busy trying to protect the bloody half, which means that that I, I just think that Liam Martin's brief is not only so it's not I won't say it's simple. That's unfair. I just think the guy is so skillful. Like you could throw the ball at him a thousand times and he catches it nine hundred and ninety nine. He doesn't catch it ninety nine out of a hundred. He catches it nine hundred and ninety nine times. Thousand. That's how good he is. I think what you're talking about is his versatility, because he's the type of bloke that could wear eight, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. And I think what you're saying is he's the type of player that um, if he's one out, he'll make you on that 12, fringe, twelve meters. Fringe. He just finds a way to get around. He's uh, if he's running a block play, he creates attention. If he I'm receives not... that short ball, he hits the hole. He's a he, he hits the hole. He scores those tries. I think what you're also saying is he's not that typical second row that everyone else is doing, playing that support role where they're either running the decoy or they're taking the short ball and getting a quick play of the ball to create space for the outside backs. He's also getting in, getting his hands dirty, making 12 meters every set, getting those um, short balls and scoring those tries. Can I say this, right? The the only club within Kuwia Penrith is Brisbane. Liam Martin is a walk-up start in that side. 
He'll walk upside in anything. He'll walk upside in anything. Like, he's New just South so Wales good. and Australia included. He's just so good. Yeah. He's a, he yeah. is. Yeah, no he, flip of the coin. I don't the, care who you got. He's putting no. everyone else out of, out of he's spot. He's brilliant. I, I got a bit of a man crush on him, to be perfectly honest. I think he is just, I think he is so good. Do you know what's very I fitting? Think... Oh, oh, no, you go, Griffo, because I'll, 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 I was just going to say, I take the piss um, out of a few <laughs> other second rowers who were outstanding last year, um, Isaiah Papali'i, who left Para to go to the Tigers, yeah. and, and that was obviously um, right, a step back in his career. Um, he, he was... You know, he wasn't anywhere near the same second rower. The other guy at Paris, Sean Lane, who spent most of the yes. season on the sidelines. I think he had about three different injuries. Um, and uh, and then, of course, Crichton, who was oh, in the Australian saying. side uh, last time the Kangaroos played. And then uh, he had his issues... And he was out for most of the year as well. So you got all these big-name second rowers who, for whatever reason, in, in 2023, it just didn't happen no, for those guys. My my favorite second rower from last year was actually Nanai from the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah well, I mentioned yeah, earlier yeah. The, the Cowboys, the, you know, the balloon, Nanai. Yeah. Um, the balloon was out for an extended period. Nanai missed a lot of football, but he also his form suffered as well. Um. Yeah. So there's yeah. the 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 second rowers are there. They just they, for a variety of reasons this year that they, they just didn't perform. Um, a lot of them related to injury. Look, I'm going to ask a question without notice, and I don't want to put this in the same conversation as the um, daily M. Uh, but if you look at number eleven and twelve, well, the next number is thirteen. Um. Are we saying Tom Alomo really it's 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 lights out in regards to anything that that guy can do? He's got a is he now fifth, sixth, seventh in line as far as as far as his position goes? Or he's not in the top funny, five. Not for, in the top five the it's funny because something no. came up on radio today and I was flicking. So it could have been one of them, any of them. And it was funny, his name come up and I just went, oh, it's got to stop. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that, I think it's fair to say that the 10-year deal didn't quite yield what they no. And 10 years was about four too many. Yeah, and I think that basically, I think that basically when we look at the, the, the Cowboys, if you're relying on his potency to win, I just think when you look at the upper echelon of locks, you know, it, over the last few years, you know, I know he's had some injuries, but you could say, oh, well, he's in there four feet. I don't think – I agree with you guys. I can't I, – I don't even have him – he's nowhere near my top five. No. You don't even and, make the Cowboys starting lineup anymore. No, and that's, no. that's where we're at now. A, and, and that's the investment that – race is that? Yeah. Yeah, but we were talking about it at the time, saying that it, it, was, it was too many. It was – it was a big punt for them, but um, yeah. the the segue I was going to make before Shane when you said that Liam Martin was your man crush, I was going to make the segue and say we're moving on to my man crush. And it's not just because he's got nice hair. That's Pat Carrigan. Um, he got lock of the year. 
I'm I'm thrilled that he got Lock of the Year. I'm such a huge Pat Carrigan fan. I, I haven't really made this evident on the podcast uh, previously. Like, I've talked about Off him and how much I like him, but... doesn't shut up about him. I am a huge yeah. Pat Carrigan Not fan. So. I think... I think that this guy is, he's just, he's the future. I think he's a exceptional, I, I think just all around, I think he's an exceptional footballer. I think he's, um, even off the field, the things he does, but I, I just can't say any more positive things about Pat Carrigan. And to win this award over the top of another phenomenal lock in Isaiah Yo just really <laughs> says a lot about how good he's going. Can I say something? Match and I want because I want to want to sort of jump Griffo here because I want his input on this. I think Isaiah Yo, and the reason why Penrith have been so dominant this year, his role in the club has slightly changed. He's 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 now the guy who attracts attention. So you see a lot more decoys by Yo. You see a lot more running through the line. When he gets the ball, he shuffles it. I think that has actually added value to Penrith, but maybe detracted from him as a player. I think his new role at Penrith has actually been the reason why they've got space inside and outside of him, is that everyone sees when Yo gets the ball, we've got to get three players up. And there was a there was a um, game, there was a game, uh, it was a few weeks before the end of the year, where... He, he he ran it and it was a phenomenal pass by Cleary. And rather than get the ball, he ran a decoy and three plays jammed in on Yo and it just went round the outside. And I went, that's brilliant. Like I thought, wow, that and, and so I went back, being the rugby league nerd I am, and I watched KO Minis. Not that we get sponsored by KO, but that's who I've got the minis. For weeks before that, I must have watched about eight Panthers games. And I hadn't noticed it watching it live. But he takes this new role where his hands are less on the ball, but he still attracts far more attention. I thought, that's brilliant. And I think that that new role, it allows him to tackle more, which is great because it means that that's why Penrith's defence is just phenomenal. But he's still... It's like he's still a part of the try without touching the ball. That just goes to show that he is, if you attract that much attention, you must be awesome. I, I think also too that um, like the, it's, it's like the triple threat. You've got your, you know, say for argument's sake, first hit ups, Fisher Harris, second one, Leota, third one, Yo. And all of a sudden it's um, three tackles down. Yeah, I think that's the where middles, the middles, the middles, the middle's been compressed and each of those players are making 10 to 12 metres and then there's that space for the rest of them. I, I just also think that that work he does when needed as sort of the third prop just up the middle is, is invaluable for Penrith. Strong dude, eh? Strong dude. Must be awesome, Griffo, to have a guy to, to watch this. I had massive raps on him years ago. And and just to watch, you know, as a, as a neutral fan, to watch him do what he does, it's so cool. As a Panthers fan, it must that's your captain doing that. That must just be so. That feel, must feel so good. Yeah, look, uh, he's consistent. Um, 
He dropped the ball. Uh, oh, no, no, it wasn't a drop ball last week. He um, he touched the ball inside the 10 from the... Yeah. From I, the, don't, uh, I don't think he knew that tonight. I don't think there's a lot of... I don't know. Like, I just couldn't believe it. Like, he don't make mistakes like that normally. I, I thought he had a phenomenal game. His running game last week was... Um, absolutely outstanding uh and he's running the ball he has been running the ball the last few games a bit more than uh earlier on so he's he's passing a little bit less and running a bit more and and it's it's been uh you know they've been going really well the last few games um he made yeah. over 200 meters i think last week didn't he yeah i was just going to get that up i've just sort of been flicking through the uh, squads for next year um but yeah, I, I haven't yet looked at the stats from from last week. But I, I know he did make a huge amount of meters. Yeah, you, you got that feeling at the game because when he when he ran the ball, he wasn't just getting tackled. He was he was if not breaking the line, he was going more than ten meters each run. And um, so good. He's yeah, so... He, he's, he's one of these guys that you just. You, you just ex- expect it. Like, I remember, you don't notice it as much because it's just I, that's what he does. I remember uh, this is pre Griffo joining us, and I used to cop a lot of flack from Penrith fans because they used to think I was too hard on the team. And I said, It's not because I'm too hard on them, it's just that I live in the mountains, and you know, you've got a soft spot for the local team. I just, I just think they should. They should play to their potential, and if they play to their potential, they would they win multiple premierships. I've been proven right. You heard you heard it here first. <laughs> One of the guys. You can go back, go back six, but seven I, years. I did listen, listen to all of those it podcasts. Really, it was the Yo and Tcam show back then. It was, yeah. and Isaiah Yo, I used to love him, and I used to say, you "Just did. wait, this Still guy do. will be the best player in rugby league." Now. I might have overshot them up there, but I'm telling you now, this guy is the captain of a team, and I'll talk about Penrith as a team later, who's entering the fourth grand final in a row. Best of the modern era. That's how good he is. And I said it way back when. It's just, it's so awesome to see a guy who's not a halfback, who's not a fullback, who's not a 5'8", who's a forward, not only reach his potential, but excel as a rugby league player and a human. I just think... So, I, I just, so okay, let's, 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 let's answer the actual question here because I feel like I was the only, I'm the only one that's answered it. I, my lock of the year is Pat Carrigan. Um, that it turned into an Isaiah Yo oh, yeah, yeah. love fest. It, it, rightly so. I, I, look, admittingly, I'm, you know, I'm being... I'm being a bit facetious hey, you're being, here. You're being, you're being a bum, you right? Oh, I am. You could, you could flip a coin. If someone said Isaiah Yo, if, if Isaiah won last night, I would have said, yeah, whatever. Fair enough. You know I, what? I was stoked because I'm a fan of Pat Carrigan and Isaiah Yo, who... And it's, it's saying a lot because I think Isaiah Yo's won it the last three years, I want to say. That may not I be had, right. I'll check that. I, I actually have Pat Carrigan because I actually think that he... This year... Yeah, I had Pat yeah. Carrigan this year. But, you know. Thoughts, Griffo, is this one of those ones where you just flip a coin? Yeah, yeah. Splitting hairs. 
Yeah, you, you pick any of those guys, and you know, yeah. we said you, that there was a bit of a dearth of uh, performance from second rowers, not from the locks. From the locks. Mm. Uh, you know, you obviously Cam Murray had a very good year, tailed off a little bit towards the end, like his team did, but. Um, Tofu Harris, the, the big vegetarian out of uh, the Warriors, uh, he had a great Best year. year in many years. Yeah, was um, he the other captain? Formally... captain? For Talk captain of the year, yeah. So, captain of the year, yeah, it was it was either going to be Reynolds, you know Harris, what? or Yo. You know what? The nominees, you know what? He Harris has played 23 games this year, Reynolds played 22. It's it's not. It's I been a long time since you can say that he's played that many games in a season. But and same with both of them. Yeah. It's been a while since you said both of them would play. You know, tw- twenty plus games a year, and it goes to show their leadership. Yeah, and and I always bring it back. Remember, there was a couple of years there where if you if you played Super Coach. Um, Tohu Harris was a must in your team, but uh, unfortunately for the players, there was a few years there where he was actually the most expensive player on Supercoach because statistically he would just absolutely carve it up every week. So, yeah, look, that's 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 um that's the Dali M's. There were a few other awards given out on the night. Um, obviously in the men's side of things, the Proven Summons Medal, which I think is the fan vote, went to Nico Hines. Um, the Ken Stephen medal for... Nico, um, what, fans vote? What was best looking guy or what? Yeah, it must have been, but I think... <laughs> is, it, is that what the Provence... I swear the Provence Summons medal, yeah. I thought it was a... It's the fan vote, isn't it, for... It's like, the, for what, it's of like the, the Logie. It's like the Logie of the... Two bloody greats of our game getting associated with the Logie. Yeah. So it's just a fan vote who they think the best player was. Yeah, I think you could vote via... Oh, I, I it last year wasn't a big league or one of those rags you could vote through. It'd be online yeah, now. Big, big league's been gone for a few years. Yeah, I know. So, like, yeah. Might have been a couple of years ago. Then it was like one of the yeah, and it just turned into a online voting system where yeah. you could vote through probably NRL.com. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, the- um, yeah, Ken Stephen Medal was uh, Latrell Mitchell. My father-in-law still thinks that's the funniest thing ever. His name's Ken Stevens, but uh, he'll, oh, he'll, right. he'll uh, claim that that's a, his medal. Bit, uh, bit of a crap storm around that, by the way. Um, it would have he, he wasn't there last night. Um, but last night there wasn't a video for him, and a lot of them social media crap storm. Apparently, he gave the NRL a video. They deemed the quality too poor to put on TV. Like, I watch the news sometimes and I see some of the most dodgiest videos of burnouts and whatnot. I would have thought the current affair could have dot jazzed it up. Like, it is Channel yeah. 9, after all, if you think, you know. Apparently, his video was not was not uh, the quality by which it didn't have the wrong format and not the quali- then the quality was poor because it was on his iPhone. But there you go. There you go. Well, look, um... That, that that's a good award. There was a, there was a lot of players there that that could have uh, could have won that. Obviously, other players, Pat Carrigan, um, 
Tedesco, Fogarty. That was a really good one. If you have a look at what these guys do off the field, and yeah. um, uh, it, it was really good to see. And I, I, th- I think also, too, they mentioned the things that the that Latrell Mitchell does. Um, obviously, didn't have the best year on the field, but off the field uh, does a lot good to the community, so that's great. Uh, and just, just quickly before we actually start talking footy this week and um, and uh, finish up with the Dally M's, um, the NRLW Awards, uh, Tamika Upton. I mean, what more can we say about this young lady? She's... Um, She's she's the Dal- she's the the player of the year. She's I think she, she won last year too. No, she didn't. Um, Racine McGregor won last year. She won the um, the grand final player of the match. The the Karen Murphy medal. Uh, she won that last year. So she's going two in a row for that one, which could very well happen. She could be a premiership winner by this time next week. Uh, we've talked about it numerous times on the the podcast. Griff, I just want to get a a quick comment from you because uh you're you're probably the the first one on this podcast who got on for this season and 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 dubbed her the best player um in the world just want to get your thoughts on the um the season she's had well she's just she is the best player in the world um and and she she shows that pretty much week to week um She's got speed. She's got evasive skills. She's got a good passing game. Um, she's got it all, really. Uh, she's got the smarts. She's a pretty good defender. Um, what I've loved this year, Griffin, I've watched the, the Knights, is it's almost like she knows when her team's gassed and she'll take a hit up. She'll, she'll call for the ball and hit the ball up like any of the front rowers do. And yeah. just, that's just like, that's someone who just goes, I know what the team need, so let's just make it happen. That's a very cool football brain. Yeah. yeah. If, there's a lot of really good players in, in, in the NRLW, but uh, there's no one better than her. No, and 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 then as we said, there's some other quality players there that um, that were in the uh, in the runnings when we look at the um, the the leaderboard. Uh, Taryn Aiken was up there. We talked about uh, Samara Taufa, Ali Brigginshaw, Tegan Berry also had some really great yeah, moments this year. Very good, um, very good game. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think. Integral in in a, in a in a few of the games she played, mm. where without her they don't. Yeah, there's been some real. There's been some really. I was looking when they announced the team of the year last night. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at this, Griffo, because I know you, no, you I weren't able to catch it. Uh, I'm just going to go through some of the names here. Obviously, to make Upton was fullback of the year. Um, Whitfield from the uh, Tigers was one of the wingers. I think she like, she is one of the fastest yeah. players I've ever seen. Like. As an athlete, absolute freak. Uh, Julia Robinson was the other winger from the Broncos. Oh, um, yeah. Yep. Oh. Isabel, Isabel Kelly from the Roosters. We know we know the yep. talent that she's got. Um, Hafunga from the Broncos was the other centre of the year. In, Taryn Aiken. I actually thought she was a smoky for the for the Daly M. Yeah, well, she ended 
back she, end of the season. Her she, back she, end of the season was very good. Yeah, she was one of those ones that just had some really great moments, and and when you know the the Brisbane Broncos, we knew at the start of the year they'd be in that. We were keen out that for them to be in that top four, but um, yeah, some, some really there. good. She doesn't play that win. Really good moments there. Um, when you get to the halves, Taryn Aiken, yeah, from the Roosters, uh, quality Ali Brigginshaw, yeah. for years we've known. I mean, you know, and I like. Wow. Like, you can talk about Cameron Smith, you know, and his longevity, but Ali Brigginshaw and hers, like, pre... You're talking, like, like pre this stuff starting. You know, old though, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, like, pre... She was front and centre. She'd be in her and, 30s, for sure, I reckon. Percent. Let me have a look. I don't know how old she is, but I would just assume that, because it seems like... We've been talking. I feel like about, the origin. She's she's been there forever. But even before for Queensland, we used to talk about women. Thirty three. Thirty three. Sorry. Yeah, just like I reckon she's probably. We've been talking about her since she's been. We're talking about her for over ten years. It feels like. Yeah. Well, she's. She's been. Um, yeah. Yeah, she she probably has been in that Queensland Origin team yeah. for 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 over ten years. That's a fair call. So you know, she's one of those modern modern greats. I think that's going forward. You know, going to be one of those things. Um, Shannon Mato from the uh, Gold Toast Titans was uh, one of the props of the year. Um, Togatuki from uh, the Tigers. We talked about her from early on in the season. Just her impact. Um, and and just the the go forward she had and even close to the line how they'd use her, uh, Destiny Brill's hooker of the year from the Broncos, uh, Yasmin Clydesdale. She's she's another player who uh, has become a big name in this this competition from the Newcastle Knights. I'm really excited to see her form this weekend as well. Uh, well deserved second row of the year. Olivia um, Koenig from the Roosters was the other second row of the year, and obviously uh, Samaya Taufa. The um the lock of the year from the Raiders, um, some some quality female players there, um, and and, and this weekend really with the NRLW that they've really just you know they, who got they, hooker of the year guys? Sorry, who got hooker of the year? Sorry, Destiny I'm... Brill from the uh, Broncos. Yep, I mm. I yeah I I. I was thinking, why was I thinking that that was, um, uh, who was I thinking? Uh, Kelly, Kelly Davies, I think, probably was in my mind at the time. I tell you who's had a good year too. Um, I've got to, I've got to think of her name now. Um, oh, from the Titans, she's got a double barrel name. My apologies. I can't think of the name. Rayleigh Nati. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, she's had a great year too. The Titans have come out of nowhere. I mean, we'll talk about them. She she scored that try last week. She scored the first try against the the Roosters last week, and I just thought she's been great all year. I was not expecting them to to beat the Roosters. I was expecting the the Roosters Knights this week, but you know, we'll obviously talk about that now. NRL Upset W. Yeah, 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 we'll preview. talk about that. But, you know, yeah, team of the year, there's some, some great names there. And it's, it's really good, too. Do you know what I really enjoyed about watching the, the Daily M's last night is 
even though the NRLW season is short, I, and I, I don't want to sound ignorant here, but you know there there have been previous seasons where you know it's been new. There's been even shorter. I mean, remember there was there was a year there. I think they only played about four games, and you, you get to the end of the year and you weren't as familiar with the names. Last night it was great. They'd they'd, they'd be showing the the nominees. They'd be showing the players that won, and you you know all the players. You're starting to the, these NRLW players. Um, I know my household's a bit different, but we, we sit around the dinner table at the end of the week and the news is on. These are household names in, in, in NRL fans' households. Can I say this? And I hope what I say here doesn't come across poorly. When I went when I went to the... A few years ago when I went to the North Sydney Oval and watched the, the State of Origin and watched the Women's State of Origin, I said... It's official that they, they this this series adds value to rugby league. Yeah. The people here watching it, the skill that's on the ground. I thought this year, and maybe I had I had the same feeling last year, but maybe it didn't wasn't as as strong as this year. I think that this competition adds value to rugby league. It it, it, it it's it's something that is. It's enjoyable to watch. The skill level is there. You've got it, it, it. It's 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 another. I love watching rugby league. Whether I'm going down and watching whoever play in park football, or I'm going to watch. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, we'll go first. We'll you Google went from you went from Google last week to the the north south last another, week, and that's what I love. I don't care what I watch. When I watch the women's rugby league, I'm it is in the same category for me as the NRL in what it is and how it belongs. And I don't mean that it never was, but what I'm saying is is that as a pinnacle form of rugby league, it is definitely up there. It's it's the skill set, it's you know, it's not the Reggie. I remember one person years ago said it was the Reggie's Mark II, you know, one of the radio idiots. It's not that. This is a very, very skillful competition that adds value to rugby league and it's entertaining. <laughs> it's something I love watching. The the women in this competition are just they're 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 outstanding rugby league players and I, 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 a part of me is now thinking, I'd, I'd love another couple of weeks of it. I'd love, you know, so I, don't, I know, so I know you don't so want to short. dilute the competition. That's what happened. The AFL would do that. But another couple of weeks of this wouldn't hurt. I'm not, you know, it wouldn't hurt me. No, I'd, love I'd, I'd, I'd love a full season of this. And I'll, I'll tell you what, to, to jump on the back of it, I'll, I'll support your point. The Newcastle-Brisbane game the other day, standalone game at Newcastle, I think it was twelve thousand six hundred and something. So we're we're looking at let's round it to it's closer to thirteen thousand than twelve thousand. That's a thirteen thousand's a that's a good crowd. You know, there are NRL men's teams that that don't get that crowd and I know it's a final this, that and the other, whatever. But the fact that you've got that uh, that interest there. And the other thing, I'm gonna say this as well. You know how we're talking about the best second rowers in the game, and we're like Liam Martin, Daylight. My, do you know who my Dally M second rowers of the year are? 
Liam Martin, Yasmin Clydesdale. Yeah, Yasmin Clydesdale. <laughs> I, think, I think she's good. But you know what I mean? This is this is what's showing the game is growing. I will say, she didn't have a best game. Uh, I only saw the shorts of the game, and she missed two tackles that led to tries for the Broncos. Yes, yes. Uh, which yeah. is very unusual, because she's a really good player. She is good. No, yeah, she's she's one that's... And the, the reason, too, I bring her up, like, obviously, not just... Newcastle. Like, you know, these players are playing Origin, there's all this sort of stuff, but throughout the year has been um ha- has been good. And this this is what I'm saying. We've got we've got these players now who we're talking about in rugby league as being I am gonna call them you know, and people I'm, will argue I'm, with I'm, me. It depends on household you're in in my household their household names. I'm looking I'm looking I'm looking for look, I'm looking forward to one game on Sunday, probably more than more than the others, but it's you know as far as grand final weekend goes, this women's rugby league fixture, I think it's I think it's perfect. Yeah, and we're about to get into our preview. We'll, we'll talk about the NRLW, but I probably should ask, seeing as though technically you know we had the tidbits, and then I thought we'll do a bit of a news recap and the the daily ends. And whilst a quick recap took an hour and forty five, we're about to get into the uh, the footy. It'd be remiss of me. <laughs> not to ask Griffo if he's got a grab for this week. Should I cue up the music, mate? Uh, there's always a grab. Thank you for hanging in there, listeners. It's worth your wait. What have you got for us this week? Oh, I'm just going to say Reese Walsh. Yeah. Um, every time he touched the ball, something happened. Um, you know, one time, obviously, it was a bit of a negative, but. He was able to put that behind him straight away, and um, the, the innocent behind him try. usually just put it in front of him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true too. Yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, he. Uh, I think he's the the latest uh, NRL player after Val Holmes, who wants to go <laughs> play in the uh, in the NFL. Um, just did a bit of practice there, um, but he he was he's just a class player i mean he's he's the biggest uh, threat to the panthers i think mm-hmm. um and he's he is informed that uh is 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 better than anyone else really um what he what he's doing and what he's he's done all year really um he he does have this amazing ability to just shrug off a mistake um and 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 do some brilliant things like he is a risk taker um and he knows sometimes it doesn't work but it works a lot more than it doesn't work and uh, and he was the only signing of the broncos this year and, and we can see the the impact that he's had um so yeah, he not for the first time this year. He's uh, he's caught my eye. The the interesting thing you make that that you bring up there, I think, is a really good point. And I actually had it down in my notes to talk about later, but I was I was going to mention it now. You mentioned there last week there was a, you know, he, he did have an error, but like you say, he puts it behind him and he moves on, and then the next play he's setting up a try. This is this is a very interesting thing because. A lot of the young players we've seen come through the NRL in the past few years, they'll go into their shell when something doesn't go their way or they, you know, make a boo-boo. 
this he is one of the main reasons that I'm not buying into this inexperienced, you know, issue with the Broncos. A lot of people have been talking about how the Broncos are inexperienced. There's only two of them that, you know, won a grand final before and, you know, all this, you got to lose one to win one kind of business. And, you know, they're, you know, a lot of people are even suggesting they won't win this year, but they're, they should be the favourites for next year. You know, it's a build for next year. Whereas you see a young boy like Reese Walsh, he'll make an error, and then on the other side of it, the next next set, he'll be setting up a a try. I I I really think that he's got the right mentality for a young fella. Where you make a mistake, big deal, shrug it off, move on. He doesn't dwell on his mistakes, and it doesn't doesn't tend to to bog him down. Um, can I add to that? You watch this year. He's whenever he makes a mistake. He just works his backside off in yeah, defense. He makes up for him. Yeah. He makes up for it in defense. So it's almost like it's almost like he's already shrugged it off before the next attacking play. Like it doesn't bother him. Whereas at the Warriors, that didn't happen. When he made a mistake, he just it it just he didn't back up in defense, and then it was a problem. But he'll make he'll come out of the line or or he'll make a cover tackle, and it's like. That's when he feels like the ledge has been, you know, I've, I've saved a try which is as good as a scoring one. Now the ledge is even. I can go on and play. I think his defence has actually given him that confidence. Yeah, I, I think that he's a very confident young man. I think part of it is, um, I'm not going to say ignorance is bliss in a sense, but I don't think he really understands sometimes the magnitude of what these low percentage plays could come up with. I think he just, I don't think he weighs up the risk and reward. I think he just goes, well, look, let's just do it. And when they pay off, it's great. And that's what you need from him because he's such an exciting player. And um, he is not the type of player that you want second guessing themselves and being conservative because all of a sudden then it nullifies his, his impact. But you know, we will find out this week and, um, well, this this week we've got Grand Final Day. There are three games on Grand Final Day. Um, look, we probably should do them in order of when they're on these games. Uh, the first game on Grand Final Grand Final Day will be the um, the state championship final. Um, we've dubbed it we've dubbed it for years on the podcast as the Reserve Grade Super Bowl. Um, the Rabbitohs taking on the Tigers. Now, this will be an interesting game. We know last week that the, the South Sydney Rabbitohs defeated the North Sydney Bears in the um, New South Wales Cup can, final. Can I just say, I was there. It was an official attendance of 10,000. Uh, Bankwest holds 40,000, 30,000. How much does it hold? 30. 30. 30. I'm telling you now, if you tripled the crowd that was there, there would have been people standing up. Hmm. It was it was packed. It and, looked it looked full on and, the telly. Can I can I also add um, a little bit of kudos? Uh, the Jersey Flag Grand Final Roosters Dogs. Wow, high quality game of rugby league. 
very good game of rugby league. Was that the um, curtain raiser the other day, was it? That was the curtain raiser. Very, very good. If they can keep on to some players, there's some very skillful players in that in those two sides. Uh, Roosters forward pack, geez, um, that's something for the future. They they were very good, and the and the back line for the dogs uh, was was a bit too strong in the end. But yeah, you know how you're used to that under twenties, you know, fifty four to fifty game. Nothing like that. Defence was hard. Uh, Fords had to work for their metres. I, I really enjoyed... Well, I enjoyed the second game far more in the end, but but a very, very good... And, it, I enjoyed the two games of rugby league. I thought they were very, very good games of rugby league. And congratulations, and, uh, by the way. They, they won the Jersey play. And, 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 and to talk about this game here, the Rabbitohs got there um, with a... Tried very late. They left it very late. They were leading and then they fell behind and scored through uh, Tyrone Munro with a few minutes to go. Um, obviously, the 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 link up here with, with Munro, uh, the middle working with Yadine Hawkins, Blake Taff and uh, Talis Duncan, uh, some really good combinations there. Um, this will be Blake Taff's last game for the Rabbitohs. He was the man of the match last week. Uh, for those of you who don't necessarily follow the New South Wales Cup and we understand that if you're looking at players from um, both sides that have uh, you you may recognize from first grade obviously from the Rabbitohs side Blake Taff Isaac Thompson um, some of you will, will possibly know Jacob Gagai as the brother of Dane Gagai uh, Tyron Munro has played a bit of footy Dean Hawkins re-signed with the club today I'm very yep. happy with that Shane I know you will be um, brother of Latrell, Shaq Mitchell in this team. Can I just say Shaq Mitchell, very unlucky not to get man of the match last week. Yeah, did, did a lot was, of good work. He was brilliant, don't get me wrong, but geez, mate, he made a difference every time he came on the field. Yeah. He was actually my man match. The future number nine for, like that. for the Rabbitohs. Who came across and signed my youngest daughter's flag and made her day. Oh, no, that was great. I, I want I won't say how Talis Duncan made my eldest daughter's day by signing a jersey, but yeah. No, yeah. From, was, from what I gather, she, she thinks he's very pretty, but uh, we'll leave that there. He wanted to Yes. Um, other names there. Oh, Memozoulos, uh, we know, has a lot of promise. He's played a bit of first grade. Uh, Brock Gray, um, you know, obviously uh, people may remember his brother Aaron Gray. Um, Talis Duncan played a lot of... Um, football this year for South Sydney and those of you who are as old as me um, would be as old as Yaline Gordon who we know from years gone past has played uh, played really well given here yeah. and it's it's a it's a great story for Yaline Gordon who um, 36 year old played a lot of first grade uh, he was he was a youngster coming through at South Sydney in 2005 six seven. Um, still involved with the club, still playing football, um, had been back to park football and now finds himself a, a reserve grade premiership winner. So for South Sydney, obviously there are some players there that you'd be familiar with. The other thing that people probably aren't aware of, the Brisbane Tigers, who were the premiers in the Queensland Cup, uh, they're affiliated with the Melbourne Storm. So there are a lot of players as I go through this side, uh, being from New South Wales, there are a lot of players I'm unfamiliar with, but there are 
a, a multitude of players that that I actually do know. I mean, uh, I, I, people might be surprised to to hear that the halves for this team are Riley Jackson, Jonah Pezzett. Um George Jennings will play on the wing this week. Uh, Cole Geyer, um, he's he's playing hooker. I know people may have been a, a aware of. Cole Geyer, uh, Marion Seve is on the interchange bench. So we've got this mix of um, Queenslanders and Melbourne Storm feeder players. Look, Shane, it'd be remiss of me if I didn't go to you. You were at the game last week. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't make it. I had a function for my wife's family. Otherwise, I would have been there. But um, it was it was a really good day for Overdose fans. They were looking for something to cheer about after the... Um, well, let's just put it bluntly, the, the, the shit second half of the season that it was, they're going to go into this game hot favourites to be the state uh, champions. Uh, I think they call it that, the NRL State Championships. So, reserve grade. Uh, yeah, the reserve grade. reserve grade Super Bowl, as we call it. Um, just your thoughts, basically, on not, not only this game and, you know, obviously... You know your your thoughts coming out of last week and and who to keep an eye on, but also too the the value in not only supporting your first grade team, but the other grades within the team and how much you know joy and and pride and spirit pride, that can instill in the fans. It was you know me and my daughters it, for us it was a no brainer to go and follow South Sydney, um, at, at Parramatta, um. And there also would have been a lot of North fans there. That there was. Oh, yeah, it was fans, great. Not it was, it was, it was yeah. The atmosphere was, was outstanding. Um, it's funny. I, I sort of, during the week, I, 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 I bumped into a Penrith fan I know, and he said, what are you doing on the weekend? I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to watch South play the reserve grade. You know, it's just the reserve grade. And he said, you know what? He said, when we won all three grades, it was like, the world had come to an end. It was brilliant. How good is it? Blah, blah, blah. He said, it would be remiss of me to tell you now that the reserve grade doesn't matter. Because he said, it can't matter in one instance and not in another. He said, it's what builds the future of your club, but more so, it actually what holds the culture of your club together. And I, I thought about it and it was actually... I'm actually glad I bumped into him because it, it gave me a newfound respect. I, I always respected the reserve grade, but it made me think that it, it, it does mean a lot. It, it does mean it does mean a fair bit. And any grand final matters. And I know a lot of people say, well, for New South Wales, the grand final was last week, but this is another level of it where, um, yeah, where South Sydney can, 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 can you know, they've, they've won 21, um, they've won 21, reserve grade finals now um that with their 21 first grade i think 42 puts them light years ahead of anyone else um, and i think it was a big drought it was about 40 years yeah when you look at the and, and you look at the loss percentage it goes to show that they're far better at grand finals in the 60s and 70s than they are now quick um, question can i ask you though okay. how much did last week actually prove to you that oh. it's a big deal for, massive, massive. for the no, players, but not only this, but but also too, as a fan, oh, for yeah. your club to be represented, <laughs> because for 
There were a lot of years there where South Sydney were not yeah. represented in... Look, there were a lot of years there that North Sydney were the team that were the right. feeder club and they, they didn't exist. To have your club, your colours, yeah. that emblem I through think, all the grades is, is is a big deal for, for traditional... For, well, for all fans, not just the traditional clubs that, that and, we follow. It's a, look, it's a big I, deal. I saw... I saw some very good things last week. I saw some things that that probably, you know, the reason why they're playing in reserve great. Um, I think I think for me last week, what what was what was refreshing as a South Sydney fan is I walked away from last week going, if that was the first grade side, we would have lost with with, t- with ten minutes to go. When when North applied the blowtorch and we're playing some very good football, and we're playing some very very controlled football. Um, South Sydney got into the grind and weathered the storm and it was just waiting for that set of six for Blake to have to, and the try was in front of us and, you know, just waiting for someone to grab the ball, run at the line, give it to Munro and and Munro scored. Um, Hot day there last week, very hot. Um, I thought that the completion rate would be a lot worse because it's a hot, sweaty day, but it, but it was pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the game of football. I think that, I think looking at Dean Hawkins' kicking game, um, that's going to play a massive role next week. Um, I thought Munro was targeted by the defence. They really jammed on that side quickly. Um, and then... When Shaq was on, they just went back to Shaq and he'd make 15, 20 metres and it was nullified. I, I think the game plan is probably going to be slightly differently. Can I say this about, about the side? I've never seen this year a South Sydney side. I know it was a grand final, so so that might be different. They celebrated the win with the utmost humility and excitement that was just infectious. Like I, I actually teared up when they won, not necessarily because South won, but just at the humility and the excitement that I saw in these young boys and old men as well, like Eileen Gordon. The respect for their coach was just phenomenal. Like it was just, it was something that, you know, it was something we see with Penrith, the way Penrith treat Ivan Cleary, players treat Ivan Cleary. And their immediate thought to come over to the fans, and my daughters, like my youngest daughter, wanted to sit on the fence that day because she brought a texter with her and wanted some signatures. And the immediate thought of them to come over and thank the fans, I was... I, I just looked at that and I just thought they got it. They won. They didn't win. They won because they were the better side. They won because they got in the grind. But they won because they knew how much it mattered to win. And that's something that our first grade side has lost. And, you know, when I see Penrith and I see Broncos this year and I see the Warriors and, and, you know, when they win and this infectious buzz around each player that that they're just excited for one another, 
that's what I saw on the weekend in this South Sydney team. And I I, I actually really loved watching it. And I, I get what my mate was talking about with Penrith, that, that it matters because not only are you watching your team play, you're watching the future of your club play, but you're watching them wear your club's colours and the badge with with such humility and and in a way that's so professional that when you've lost all hope, it's being regenerated overnight. And I know, I know, the, I know, the New South Wales Cup's not first grade, and I'm not here to tell you it is or isn't. But when you see a group of players believe in each other the way that these guys did on the weekend. That's why, yeah. That's that's why we watch. That's why I go watch Group Ten, Group Eleven, Group Nine games. That's why I go watch New South Wales Cup. That's why I'll go down to Emu Plains and watch Harold Max. This is where you start to build the foundation of what matters, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's it's sad that some of those players are going to move on from my perspective, but very, very good for them. It's, you know, they've got a whole career ahead of them and I hope they do well. But um, yeah, I, I, I think Dean Hawkins' kicking game, you can tell that this guy was the understudy of Adam Reynolds. He can just put it where it belongs. Very, especially short kicking game. Um, no coincidence that he was re-signed today just after that. Uh, it's, it's, it's you know, Lachlan Elias would have looked at that. Mind you, Michael Cheekham was also re-signed today. Just put that out there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I think that this – it's going to be a very tough game. Um, I think the Brisbane Tigers have done a lot. But it's and, – and they're a very good rugby league side – and, and when you, I watch Queensland Cup as well, and I think that they've been the pinnacle throughout the year. They've people may say they're not the best side, but when they play their best, there's no one that can beat them. South Sydney was second last when they started this run, and I find it very interesting that the coach said to this side, "We're going to build ourselves. Don't worry about first grade. First grade, do what first grade do." I found it very interesting at the point where first grade fell off a cliff, this side built a run of wins that, that, that weren't just, you know, that they, were, they, were, they were clinical in what they did. And they had players pilfered left, right and centre. They played their first final without Blake Taft because guess what? He got knocked out against for South Sydney and they still won. So it's, it's, you know, I, I think what they've got, regardless if they're South Sydney, if they were Penrith, North, East, West, and every colour in between, their love of rugby league and of each other is so infectious. And, and I think that's what, I think that's more or less what this guy was trying to say to me, that, you know, you can't discount, you know, what, what it means, that, that 
as a as a Penrith fan who's going to watch their team play in the grand final on the weekend, to still be reminded that that last year when Penrith had their things, it all mattered. He said every game matters and it matters to fans. And I thought that's a that's a really good way of putting it. When I watched it on the weekend, I could fully understand what that was about. Just quickly, I mean, it's hard to tip this one because, you know, it's almost like two worlds colliding. Uh, from what I understand, South are pretty hot favourites going into this with the bookies. Um, I wish I had their confidence, but um, just just quickly, Griffo, I know Shane's talked a lot from the heart there. That was awesome there to see a super fan who's actually supporting this team, not just the, the club in the Rabbitohs, but this actual team itself, watching them week in, week out as the uh, New South Wales Cup side. Just what are your thoughts, Griffo, on the this this concept here of the, the reserve grade um, Super Bowl, as we call it, um, on Grand Final Day? Because I know it's something that the Panthers, your team, have been uh, quite involved in um, previously and, and, and definitely something that, um, that that you've kept a close eye on over the past few years. Yeah, no, it's a... It's a... Uh, a big game for for those involved and for the supporters of those clubs. Um, Souths, uh, yeah, they they got the win. That's great. Um, I'll I'll be wanting to see Souths as a New South Wales team win. <laughs> um, it's as simple as that from my perspective. I'd be um, interested to see a poll to see if the uh, the New South Welshmen that follow rugby league would be uh, will be on Penrith in the next game. <laughs> well, some will, most won't, but I don't care. That was, um, a, that, was a, that was that was that was a bit of a bit of a dig because there was a there was a poll yeah, in the paper. I, I, I always I always want to see the the New South Wales team in this um, battle against the you know the Queensland Cup winners. I always back the the New South Wales team to win. Um, yep. And uh, uh, Shane, well, one of you said that, that well, it might be you, Graham, said that they're heavy favourites. Um, they are. I haven't really looked at the teams, but we know the South's got a lot of quality in that side. Um, some up-and-coming first graders and some guys who've, who've played a fair, fair bit of first grade. That never hurts. Um, so I'll, I'll be backing them to win, and I think they'll win. Sportsbet have um, not that we condone betting. Sportsbet have it a dollar eighteen South Sydney, uh, four sixty Brisbane Tigers. Um, if you like the line betting, it's a thirteen and a half start. Um, That's ludicrous because you know what the same was more or less last week. Grand finals are so important to to the players on the field. I, I think. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think this. When I'm seeing the Tigers this year. That's just that's just dumb. That's, that's I, no I don't know, if, but what do they take that's that off? It's very hard. It's almost disrespectful. Very hard. I'll put that it's out almost, there. It's almost Somewhere. devaluing the um the Queensland Cup comp. I'll be honest with you. I wish I was that confident, but uh, come one twenty on Sunday afternoon, it's gonna I be can... hot. It's gonna be hot. Uh, yeah, well, they're looking at thirty five degrees, aren't they? Yeah, I don't think I'll be getting there for that game. Uh, no, I would neither, Griff. That's that's hot. I'll tell yeah. you what, Shane. I um, 
I would be concerned, but I have a feeling that I'll be sitting at your house with the air conditioner on and the Coopers in the Air conditioning will be on, Graham. I think I'll manage. Do you know what? To, to support South Sydney, I'll, cool. I'll, have a, I'll have a Coopers Pale Ale in one hand, a Sparkling Ale in the other, and I'll have my red and green on that way. Got the, got the South Sydney colour sword. <laughs> so, but, yeah, State Cup. Great, so great Graham, concept, you said what, what, what's kickoff time now? Sorry, uh, one twenty p.m. Okay, and, and, and guys, right. well, I'll watch that on the TV. Guys, can I just head add? In. I'll head to the ground. What can do you I know? On the uh, NRLW starts, Graham. I, can I, I do. Add, can Sorry, I add Shane, something, especially with the NRLW? I don't think for this one it's going to be as important. I think for the NRLW, first day of. Daylight savings. I think when the NRLW hits, it's going to be the hottest part of the day. You are. I think you're onto something there, Shane. Because to answer both I, your I questions here, I can't believe here, they haven't. When you look at the time that the three NRL, fifty-five. I can't off. believe they've shuffled it. They haven't shuffled it. But I don't know. It's it's going to be three twenty, which is well, you know, four twenty four o'clock. You look at that's the hottest part of the day. Mm. Yeah, look, it is going to be hot and. To, so that's a good segue. Um, uh, just looking here, three fifty-five. I've got as the official kickoff uh, on my run sheet here for the Knights versus the Titans NRLW. Um, I, I think just to put this simply, fellas, um, we were all expecting throughout the whole season the Knights to play the Roosters. Um, I don't know if it's the South Sydney fan in me or not, but last week when I was watching the footy and uh, the oh, Roosters went down, I, I, everyone loves an underdog. And I'll be honest with you, the neutral fans here that are looking to support an underdog, they're going to get behind the Titans here. But I'll tell you what, the the Knights just have so much talent. Uh, when we look through their side, Shano, um, Tamika Upton we've talked about a lot already. I've talked about Yasmin Clydesdale. You know, she made a few mistakes here and there, but you know, she's been great this year. There's the Southwells in this team as well. Um, up front, you've got um, Fred Bond has been great. Th- this Newcastle team, it is theirs to lose. They are going in very hot favourites. But the, the Titans have almost come out of this competition as the as the team to spoil the party, haven't they? They've they've, they've really shown no, that they they want to they want to stand up and, and be seen. It's funny, Gray. Last week um, on the podcast with Griffo, we talked about them having to hold the ball. The Titans they need to hold the ball if they're any chance. And I remember I remember clicking off and doing the uploads and stuff. And and I had in my notes. One thing I didn't read out of my notes for that game for for, for, for that uh, week. Yes, I keep notes, by the way. <laughs> um, Mine are on post-its. Was, was was the Titans' defense talking about the Titans' defense and how well they defend and how they this year at times they've turned defense into wins. Well, what a silly thing to what a silly thing to be remiss in. That's exactly how they won last week. They just turned their defence into attack. And 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 they were able to... I, I've got to be frustrated. One of the media outlets, and, you know, they're, you know, they're not one of my favourites. Um, you can guess who that is. 
sort of indicated that they scratched the win, you know, as if they fluked their way to this. Their backhand of this, their backhand of the game defense. When 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 the when the when the Broncos were applying the blowtorch, was outstanding, and I think they're going to take that confidence into the game. I, I look, you'd be silly not to pick the 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 um the 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 knights, you know, who they've got and what they've got. Can I just say? What will rattle the Knights' cage? And this is where the Knight, this Knight side loves getting into this attacking, flowing football where they just free flow score a try. If the if the Titans can defend, this is why I'm loving this game. You've got probably the best attacking side throughout the year versus what has developed over the past three to five weeks as the best defensive side. And it's just going to be if the Titans can hold fast. If the Titans can hold fast and, and they get and they get their players and, and they get their spine working, including the 13, I think that they're right up for this. This is not going to be the walkover people thought that was going to be in the you know going to be the week before. I think I think that if the Titans can do it, this is going to be an this could be the greatest women's uh, rugby league grand final yet. And I know first grade is being touted as that. I think this is something that we need to seriously look at. If the Titans defense can do what they do, this is this is an Epic! I'm. I cannot wait for this game. This is, and you know, South Sydney are playing in the other one. I bloody bleed red and green. I, 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 like this weekend will not come quick enough for me. I'm going to Bathurst next week, so that's half the reason. But this will not come quick enough. I, I'm salivating at what this game can hold. I, I think Tamika, no, Tamika Upton could be. She has to be man of oh, my apologies. Mm. She has to be player of the match to 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 I think cement Newcastle. I think if she if she just controls the game, it's over for, for the Titans. But wow, this Titans defense has done things that we have not seen them do. And if they pull it up, if they pull out all the stops we could see anything this week this this this, this, this is out there this is just I, I i cannot wait to see what's going to happen in this game the the interesting thing too about this whole game that that i love you've got um karen murphy right who's the um the nrl w coach of the year titans coach um now the player of the game uh, will be awarded the the Karen Murphy Medal. This mm. will be a very interesting thing on the weekend. Like I, I, I think all going to plan as expectations, Newcastle win. And I think Tamika Upton's a, a a very good shot at winning this medal. Um, we we could see the Karen Murphy Medal given to the opposition players, but. Wouldn't it be a great, great thing to see a, a, a Titan possibly win uh, this medal, Griffo? It's they, they've really come out of nowhere this season. Um, we talked about the teams who are the heavyweights in this competition, and and the Titans have really just 
just blowing us away and push their way into that conversation. Yeah, well, they're, they're you know, they've had a, a season that um, it's been highly successful. Um, I'm sure they would have expected uh, to be in the grand final, but no one else did. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I didn't get to watch the games live last week, and I, I, my plan was to to view it later on, but unfortunately, um, uh, I got on Facebook and I just saw um, Knights versus Titans GF. Um, I thought, well, uh, I, I couldn't see them beating the Roosters. I mean, I, I I couldn't really see anyone beating the Roosters this year earlier on, but uh, um, they've done it. They deserve to be there. And uh, they're, they're every chance. But um, for mine, I, I'm going to stick with the Knights. I just think they're the best. They got the best players um, uh, in this game. And in saying that, the Titans got some really good ones and they deserve to be there. But I just think the class of of uh, Upton, uh, Jesse Southwell, uh, and the very strong forward pack for the Knights will we'll get them home. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, that uh, a current coach, the uh, coach of the opposition, uh, in fact, for the Knights, uh, that uh, she has this honor of, of having the medal um, awarded. Uh, yeah, when you think of the NRL and it's it's Clive Churchill who was long past and a and a great of the game from from history. Um, I don't know all that much about Karen Murphy. Uh, I know she was a coach of the Blues as well, is she not? I think she, the 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 well the Sky Blues. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think she is. So she she must uh, have a great history in the game, but uh, yeah, it's a great honor for her uh, in a time where she's still active in the game to have this medal named after her, which will uh, one would think will be around much longer than she is um, in in a manner like Clive Churchill. Yeah, and also too, I think she's the first. Um... Oh, here I am shooting off without. I'm pretty sure she's the first uh, female coach to go to a grand final. To go to a grand final. Yep. So there you go. Um, Can I I also add, I know we talked about the fence. I don't know when a Roosters side has been held to nil. Yeah. memory I can't think oh, I, I was uh, yeah that's what blew me away last week I think that was one of the the most yeah shocking things when you look at it. even though it was only what a couple of tries to to nil I think it was 12. 10 nil 12, 12 nil. oh yeah no nah, it was it was 12 because I got the penalty goal sorry yeah um yeah 12 nil 6 nil at half time but yeah, I mean, with with all that talent that they've got in that Roosters side, um, I mean, we could we could talk about that briefly. It's, a, it's 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 a, it's a lot of people look at it as a 
a failure from the Roosters given the talent they've got. Well, I mean, we've we've talked about we've talked about you know the 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 quality they've got and Isabel Kelly and Millie Boyle, who we'd argue as being you know two of the biggest names in the competition. I mean, Olivia Koenig, Taryn Aiken, um, yeah, Taryn Aiken, definitely. Um, yeah, you know, Baxter at fullback. There's so it's much talent. Um, it's a and, and and really we we had a team like we were expecting them based on the 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 names and the the reputation. But this Titan side, there are a lot of a lot of girls right. in this team that have made names for themselves this year. They weren't um, household best, names going into this season. One of the best defensive sets of six I've seen in any rugby league game. Was the was when, with eight minutes to go, and the roosters were roosters were putting it together. There were three big hits in consecutive tackles that that rattled the roosters, and the roosters then knocked on. I, I think it might have been the third tackle, fourth tackle, and then trying to get something happening on the fifth knocked on, and you just went. That's been the game where, where. The Titans hit so hard. It reminded me of that. Remember the old school Warriors side where, where they just hit your heart? And, and even like the 03 Penrith team where, where I don't care how much you – we're just going to belt you. And you're going to have – you know, like you're going to have to get up and play the ball and run again. And, and it was like that. It was the, the great – you know, in some ways this Penrith side, the great Roosters sides – uh, where they won two in a row in their forward pack, where they just belted the opposition. It was, it was something phenomenal to watch. Yeah, and hopefully this weekend something phenomenal to watch. Um, yeah, I, I think the 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 safe tip is a, a night's win, and I, I think that Tamika Upton will be the the favourite for the Karen Murphy Medal. Um, but uh, you just never know with this Titans team. You just, you just, you, you don't know. They've, they've surprised us all year. We we never really considered them. And um, now we've really got to stand up and uh, and have a look at them. But um, look, speaking of standing up and having a look, there's only one game this season left to look at. That's the, uh, the NRL Grand Final. And uh, the Penrith Panthers, they're there again. They've been there the last... Three years. This will be their fourth in a row. Um, it's 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 phenomenal because they you don't see it in the modern era. This is one of those situations where uh, someone was telling me the other day. Um, I, I I'm not sure if this is correct that they'd only be the fourth team to win three grand finals in a row. Um, the, the person who was telling me this said that South Sydney, St. George and Parramatta were the yep. only teams previously. I'd have to look that up. but and, and in addition to that, four grand finals in a row in the modern era is just it's, can I, it's can unbelievable. I, can, I that, can I add something to this? And I was going to wait till the preview, but I'll say it now. In my mind... This Penrith Panthers side, we talk about the Roosters side of the late, late, late 70s. We talk about the 
Parramatta side of the early 80s. We talk about the Canberra side of the late 90, of the late 80s, 90s, you know, that, that played. Um, the Melbourne Storm side, the, the, the Roosters team who went back to back. In my opinion, and, and I'd take the Roosters team out of that in some ways. I think that the... Oh, no, leave them in there because they did win in um, 13. Um, in my mind, the Penrith Panthers side is in every way, shape or form part of the discussion when talking about those great sides. Mm. They are in every way... Um, they're in every way part of the discussion. I'll go as far as to say this. I think in the non-professional era, the Dragons 11 in a row will never be matched. Oh, um, yeah, no, that was, that was bonkers. The, the South Sydney team to win 20 premierships won't be matched. In the semi-professional era, what... Parramatta did put them in the upper echelons of that. If you look at the next era as being the salary cap era, I think the Penrith Panthers are the champions of this era. And this is where people there are talking. No this, is, this is this is no a, club that comes close. This is the first time it's been done with a salary no, cap. No club. And Which, I know... I, I had a discussion earlier with um, Panther Steve and I said, well, you know, players back then, you know, look at Parramatta, they weren't paid. But this is navigating multiple scenarios and trying to see who you can keep and who you can't. I think the Penrith Panthers are in every way, shape or form part of the discussion as being, you know, there are a few clubs on this. There are a few clubs in existence that can talk about it. Um, um, South Sydney are one of them. St. George are definitely one. I think the Roosters are another. Um, Parramatta are one. The Storm could probably arguably say that they had like salary, salary cap issue or not. Oh, Brisbane in Pepper the Panthers, you know, this is an Brisbane, era. This uh, Brisbane. Brisbane, oh, Brisbane. Brisbane, early 90s. Early 90s, of course. Penrith, this is one of them. Like win, lose or win. Oh, I can't say win, lose or draw. There's never been no draw. Win or lose on the weekend, they have created an era which I don't think will be seen for a while. And, and do you know what about that, just to cut you off briefly there, I'll, I'll let you talk again in a second. The, the thing that comes to mind here is that there aren't any signs to indicate for me that no. even if they lose this, there's nothing stopping them from making it, a fifth grand final next year. It's, it's if about... Brisbane win... I'll, I'll be honest with you. If... After... Okay, on Monday morning, when the odds come out for next year... For who's going to be favourites for the Premiership? Penrith. Penrith's either going to be one or two, depending, uh, you know. I know a lot of people are buying well, into think, this. Brisbane's got to lose one to win one. That's bullshit. You can win one yeah. first up. 
but um, Penrith, there's nothing to indicate to me that Penrith will be outside of the top four next year. This, no, we no, we may not be, for whatever reason, what I'm trying to say, Shane, is for whatever reason, people are talking this week like we're at the the tipping edge of this this dynasty, like we're about to fall off the cliff. No, no, no. We were there, we were there last year. Wait, we could be halfway through it. Yeah, They could make another three or four grand finals. There's nothing to say that won't do. happen. This could be insane what they do. I think um, the 30th might be interesting to see what Jerome Luai does. But it's just going to be interesting. It's not going to dictate their season. Um, but everyone thought that losing... Look, that they will... Look, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves with... You know, like we it, thought um, Appy, we thought Appy and Kikau made a difference. My point in all this is, is that I think we've been waiting to see who's the next team to create a era, create a dynasty. It's the Penrith Panthers. They've created it. It's 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 in existence now. Yeah, they've, they've what already happens? started. You know, I mean, you know, they could miss. The grand final next year, that's nothing saying they're not going to make the next two after it. That, that, that's where they're at. And I think that that's, um, I think that that's, I think it's, I think it started, for me, it started probably 10 years ago. Um, you know, with, when you look at what, when you look at what, um, you know, an outsider, I know Griffo is, is inside, is in the inner sanctum, but as an outsider, I look at what, um, Phil Gould did. Um, a lot of people sort of say, well, you know, the five-year plan. I thought, I thought in 2014 they should have made the grand final against. They should have, you know, against the Dogs. They, they probably fell short. Where I thought they were going to win. They were before that. They were they were featuring in finals. I think that they. I think when when Cleary left and he had, to, for my for my opinion, I think he had to leave. He wasn't going to start his son. Um, him leaving, I as a part of me, it was a no brainer that this guy was going to come back. I just think that from a neutral fan's perspective, when he came back and Nathan Cleary was playing, and you just saw what. Gould was trying to develop, which was creating a team of juniors who play together, who believe in one another, and seeing how that matters. I think that this that this sort of plan, which started nine, ten years ago, has come fully to fruition. And, you know, it's 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 meant that we've got a team who's just outstanding in what they do they believe in the systems they believe in their processes they believe in each other they're excited for each other and and they want to win for each other i, I don't know i don't know how you how you beat that yeah it's 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 going to be a phenomenal Clash. We've got the the Penrith Panthers, who, as we said, have been the the team to beat. This is in the modern era; it's unprecedented making four grand finals in a row. Um, just to give everyone a bit of a rundown as to who will be 
uh, playing on Sunday. The kickoff is 7.30. We know it's the grand finals. The Penrith Panthers against the Brisbane Broncos, number one versus number two uh, at the regular season. We have a fullback for the Panthers, Dylan Edwards, for the Broncos, Reese Walsh. The wingers for the Panthers will be Taruva and To'o coming up against Arthurs and Cobbo for the Broncos. In the centres, Isaac Tungo and Stephen Crichton for the Panthers. Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farnworth will line up for the Broncos in three and four. The house of the Panthers, that famous combination that's gotten to these grand finals and has been so reliable over the past few years, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. Uh, the youngster, Ezra Mam will uh, partner the, uh, the veteran these days, Captain Adam Reynolds in the house of the Broncos. In the forwards for the Panthers, we have Leota, Kenny, Fisher-Harris, Sorensen, Martin and Yo. Uh, for the Broncos, Flegler, Walters, Haas, Capewell, Ricky, and Carrigan. The interchange bench, Jack Cogger, well-deserved. Uh, really proud to see Jack Cogger there uh, in a grand final. He has been an instrumental part of this Panthers team, uh, filling in and also to um, just, just as a part of the squad here. Um, great to see him on the interchange. He'll be there alongside Lindsay Smith. Spencer Lenu and Luke Garner uh, on the Broncos side. Smoothie, Pura, Hetherington, and Palacia. Griffo, I'm going to throw it to you now. We are going to talk about the grand final. Um, I, I do understand we're two and a half hours into the po- podcast. We've only just got to the grand final. There's still plenty to talk about, though. I, I really want to get your thoughts on... The Broncos as an opposition because the the Penrith Panthers have been the team to beat. And believe it or not, going into this grand final, it's the first time I feel like everyone's talking about the Penrith Panthers being the veterans. Uh, the, the past three years, they've been this young, keen, confident side going into the grand final. And all of a sudden, we've got a younger team and the Panthers are being... Uh, being labelled as the veterans who have had the grand final experience coming up against the young upstart Broncos, albeit with a couple of uh, veterans sprinkled here and there. Just your thoughts on where Penrith's at at the moment in that uh, evolution over the past four or so years and and their tag going into this one as favourites and as the experienced campaigners. Uh yeah, they 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 got more. Um, well, obviously they got more grand final experience than than what the Broncos have. Um, they know they know what to do. They've done it before. Um, I think this is the biggest, uh, probably the biggest challenge for them. Um of the last few years. I mean, initially the first grand final was against Melbourne. Um, They came with a massive uh, roll of, of wins. And um, then they, uh, they had a horror first half um, and, and they were down a long way and then Melbourne came out and scored early second half was all over 
I think Penrith got within four points of them, but that wasn't a true reflection of the game. But they learned so much out of that game. And uh, then they uh, they won in the first grand final, in the only grand final, actually, in Brisbane against the Rabbitohs. Um, they were a team that they, they learned from the previous year, but they had all sorts of adversity with injuries and, and in a close match um, got the monkey off their back, really, particularly for, for Coach Cleary. Last year um, in the Battle of the West, the Para had, uh, during the, the year, beaten them twice, I think, in, in the normal round games, and then Penrith beat him in the semis. Uh, but in, again, the, the experience they had, and they just blew Para off the park in the first half. Uh, this year, they come up against a side who, who has beaten them this year, um, a side full of brilliance in attack, but with steel in, in defense as well. Um, in the Broncos of the last few years, the team sheets haven't been all that different to what we see, but the players have, and a lot of them are origin players and play in the World Cup. So while they've not got the grand final experience, they, they are experienced in big games. Um, I do, I do really, uh, I do really think the Broncos are going to challenge them. Um, there's just so many guns that they they can fire. Um, if if both teams play to the best of their ability, then we could be in for one of the all-time great grand finals. It's not often that we see that though that both teams are able to play to the best of their ability. Um. Uh, I think it's a 50-50. Uh, Penrith have the edge in that grand final arena, obviously. Um, and they got a they got a very good side. Um, they play a brand of football that has been successful, where they've been able to squeeze the life out of most teams. I don't know if the Broncos are going to be that easy to, to, to squeeze because... They've got great go forward, the Broncos. Penrith, generally, um, you know, with Cleary's kicking game, they play the game down in the opposition half. Um, if the Broncos forwards can do what they've done to most other teams, and particularly I thought last week, they, they made huge yardage, the Broncos against the Warriors. Uh, I thought the Warriors sort of fell apart in defence to be honest. And, and a lot of that was the pressure the Broncos put on them. Um, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tip Penrith, obviously. Um, I do think, you know, both teams can win. I think, as I said, it's 50-50, but I'm, I'm going to go with the, uh, the, the, the experience in grand finals that Penrith have. Um, and, and I hope that gets them across the line. Um, both teams, yeah, head and shoulders above anyone else. Both teams played against the Warriors and the Storm in the semifinals and crushed them. Mm. Um, I've, I don't think I've seen the like of it 
you know, maybe that it's happened this way, but in a semi-final series where both grand finalists have played the same teams and both grand finalists absolutely smacked those those teams. Those uh, those teams were the other two teams in the top four. That shows the difference in quality of these teams compared with the rest of the uh, competition. Um, yeah, it it uh, I do expect a close game. Um, I don't want a close game. I want Penrith to, <laughs> uh, to, to do sort of a, the, like the job they did in on Parrot in the first yeah. half last year. I don't expect that's going to happen, by the way. It was a perfect but, half um, of footy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I think the Broncos are going to be right in this game. Shane, the, uh, one great. thing I want to ask you, Shane, part yeah, of your yeah, analysis... Yeah. Can I, can I just ask you this question? Because this is one thing that's been, um, you know, on my mind and I've been trying to break down and it's a, it's a tough question. The Brisbane Broncos. So if we break down the last couple of years for the Brisbane Broncos, we only have to go back a few seasons and they were the wooden spooners. Um, the, the NRL ladder... You know, last year had the Broncos. They were, you know, famously they were in the top four or whatever, and then they fell down and they they finished ninth, albeit with a thirteen and eleven record, which probably would have put them in the eight this year. But the the point I'm making is, if we go back two or three years, this is a team that was was effectively on the bottom of the ladder. Now, apart from me saying to the Tigers fans, there's hope yet. What's the difference? Where's the big difference? Because you even, we even talked about, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Kevin Walters as one of the, 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 the great coaches of this year. There was, there was jokes last year that, you know, he was the, the people person and, and Adam Reynolds was calling the shots. What's what's the big thing this year that the Broncos have gotten so right? Because not only have they gotten into the eight, they were Penrith resting players, them not resting players. Like at the end of the day, them coming first and the Panthers coming second, or the Panthers coming first and coming second, was was interchangeable based on, you know, mm. resting players shenanigans at the end of the year. They were one and two, and then it was daylight. What's the big difference? What do you put down to the Brisbane Broncos being possible. Like there will be people in your tipping comps this week that will tip the Broncos. What what got them there? What's the difference? Adam Reynolds. He 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 has been phenomenal. Like it, like the guy left South Sydney and, and has gotten better. And we know when he left South, a lot of the talk around the issues of him leaving was that he's a phenomenal coach. So if you're not going to give him money for being a player, chuck him on your salary cap just for the coaching role he does. He single-handedly coached South Sydney through the Seabold era. And, and, and they, were, they, were, they should have probably gotten the grand final. They probably should have won that year. I think what he's been able to do is that 
is that he looks at the best in every player. He looks at their skill set and looks at the best and shows them what they can do. When when Billy Walters was coming to, to the Broncos, everyone called nepotism. People said this is a joke that the salary cap's gonna be gonna have this guy's name on it. He's taking two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars of someone else. Adam Reynolds come out and said, all this guy needs is a mentor. He didn't get it at the he didn't get it at the Tigers. If we get a mentor, we mentor him through, he'll be one of the best hookers in the NRL. He's not wrong. Reese Walsh signs with the Broncos. They go to Adam Reynolds. We will get him to understand our player football and he will play and he will add value to our club. It's the way the guy talks. It's the way, it's what he does. It's 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 more than it's more than kicking the football. It's more I said it last week. You know, I remember the preliminary final where Penrith beat us to get into the to, to play the storm and he, he had that 40-20. You know, I think back to that game and he's got a better side now than he did then. I, I just think that this is the we talk about the glue. He was the glue. And Souths haven't found any glue since. We've got a good captain. But Adam Reynolds is someone who's just been able to galvanise this club. Who's supported Kevin. Look, the board were very open and honest about Kevin Walters. He can manage people. He's got a good football brain. But we need someone else here that can help complement that. You get Adam Reynolds. What was Adam Reynolds' first thing? Billy Billy Walters comes in. You know, you know what Adam Reynolds did. Not not Kevin Walt, not Kevy. You know what he did? He got he got his two he got his two uncles on the phone. They said, "You want to learn how to be a hooker? Talk to them. They're premiership winning hookers. Have a chat." The guy is brilliant at what he does. That's where that's why Brisbane are where they're at. Do you want me to keep? Do you want me to? No, no, no. I just yeah, I, just, no, you, I just think that's you where pretty clear. Yeah, the guy think... see he. It's been said from day one, and Graham, you worked with him, so you know more than me. It's been said since day one. The oh, he football was a, brain, he was inside, the football brain inside that guy's head, is second to none. He was eighteen, and he was yeah. He could see the matrix. Yeah, no, nah, he he was the it, like you know it's like on Star Wars when you watch the that prequel trilogy where they're talking about Anakin. That was Adam Reynolds at South Sydney in two thousand and nine. Yeah, he was going to be the next coach, and they let it slip through their fingers. But he'll, but, uh, I suppose, to talk about the game, he could he could he could play for another few years, and that's and that's the interesting thing. I want to talk about Brisbane. Um, yeah, let's talk about Brisbane. Brisbane are one of those sides that I we, we like to talk about teams being well balanced and they have a good balance of strike power, talent. We talked about Reese Walsh, his speed, the way he reads the game. We talked about their centres in, in Farmworth and Stags in 
in a sense that the, I think they're one of the... When we look at centre pairings, if you had to say pick a team where both centres are just dynamic... I've been talking about it for months, these two. And then I look at their forwards where I look at the the go-forward game and earlier on in the year, I talked about the um, one of the best go-forward combinations and I'll explain what I mean by that because it's a term that's, uh, that's not very clear to understand. Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan. Now, I know go-forward combination is, is a bit of a weird term, but what I mean is... No, it's 100% um, Hit up, hit up, quick play the ball, all of a sudden your team's on a roll. Yeah. Haas, Carrigan. You can't get any better than that. And not to take away from Adam Reynolds, but the the reason that Adam Reynolds has had so much time and so much space is because of Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan. In a similar way that, um, you know, Depending on which uh, media outlet you're watching this week, it's illegal blocking or good work by the forwards. Same way that Nathan Cleary's got time to get that good kicking game. Well, we got one of the best. We got one. Oh, fucking everyone does it. Shut up. But you know, look, you got one of the best long kickers in in Cleary, one of the best short kickers in in uh, Reynolds. Cleary's short yep. kicking game is good, but I'm trying to make a, a point here for the Brisbane Broncos. Um. I just want want to get the opinion of you guys. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Adam Reynolds is is key to it. Where do you see okay. a win from the Broncos coming? Mate, what's I, What's the key difference between this, what right? the Broncos will do on Sunday that the Panthers mate, may not be able to contend with mate, if I they are this? to win? Don't can I say this? My heart says Penrith. I've got nieces and nephews. Funnily enough, those nieces and nephews that go from Penrith start at Coffs Harbour or Wooga and go north, nothing near yeah. Penrith. Um, nieces and nephews, brothers, very close friends in Griffo that go for Penrith. My heart says I want Penrith to win. I want Penrith to win for these people. My head says that the Broncos will win on the weekend. Ooh. My head says the Broncos wow. are winning. Where, where do they win it? They're winning it. They're winning it in the forward pack. They're winning it with their completion rates. They're winning it with, with the ability to, to energise their, their attacking structures. And I think, that, I think it's going to be up the middle... Oh, mate, when I say they're winning it, they're winning it by a field goal an extra time. That's where it's at for me. I don't... Anyone who says this is an 80-minute game and there's more than... There's more than six points separating these two sides, I, I don't see it. Do you know what I love about this game? I don't see Every it. Every try is worth six. Oh, yes. two great I, goal kickers. I, I, think that, I think that when I look at this, people talk about losing one to win one. Adam Reynolds has won is that, one. Is that is that bullshit? That's, that's bullshit. I can yeah. tell you. The, yeah, what the Cowboys? I, mean, I know Penrith lost one to win one, but um, uh, and no, a lot of I people are saying that twenty twenty four is Brisbane's year. But I think that I think that the Brisbane side for me look a lot like the 03 Penrith side. 
that they look like this side is just coming home, looking strong, looking confident, got players that can do everything against the against the the old. Now, like I said, old mate, my heart wants Penrith to win. I've got so many close people who go for the and you know go for the riff. And we grow up, you know, I I don't want them. I, I know what it's like to lose a grand final. And it was against Penrith, and they probably didn't have the uh humility that I have now, but I, I know what it's like to lose one, and I don't want them to feel that. And 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 Penrith fans know what it's like to lose one and you don't want to feel it again. My head just says that this this Broncos side are just ripe for it. They rested players and forfeited the, the minor premiership for this game. I thought it was at their detriment. I thought it was an absolute idiocy move. And I just think about the dynamics of it. I look at what um Walsh has done in the last four and last two games, not last four, not because they had a week off. Adam Reynolds, man, I, I just think if there's one area I think Penrith have it, is I think Penrith are going to make more meters. And it's going to be how how the minds of Brisbane cope with that. How they can keep after the 20 and have an attacking kick. It's going to be that constant. It's just going to be that constant understanding that Penrith will make more meters. We've just got to make that, that. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. If they can accept that fact, I think that they're going to come over the top in the end. I, I, I don't want it to happen. My heart says I, they want Penrith to win, but my head says Broncos will win this game. I think I think Penrith win, and do you know? Not that I'm going to bring it down to one man. And if do you know what the funny thing is? Some people will say, "Oh, they're going to pick one person that's going to win it, and it's going to be a key player." Do you know the one player? And I'll explain this. Give me a minute. That I think makes a difference <laughs> in this good. game, and why I think Penrith's going to win. Spencer Lee knew, and do you know yeah. why? But yeah, it's I, look the, at, I like that. When oh, I, I look at these two teams. Yeah. I think that the Penrith bench yeah, that's might a very get that point. rotation. When that rotation happens, I I think that when Spencer comes on for Penrith, it's not even as though they, you know, when you say they don't lose anything, they always gain something. He is, he is an integral part of this side. When we look at that, the only reason that Spencer Lenu doesn't start for Penrith is because the game of rugby league only has two prop forwards. If there was somehow that they changed the game and there was three prop forwards, he'd start. He is key. I think Penrith, I think it's an arm wrestle, but I think that the go forward battle, I think the platform being laid, I think Penrith's bench might just get them there. What are you mm-hmm. thinking, Griffo? Like, what's your what's your biggest concern as a Penrith fan when you look at this Broncos side? Is it Reese Walsh? Is it that is it that concept we talked about before, where you know the forwards might play early? It, he's hard to defend. He's pure speed. I mean, we know yeah, that look, they, they they go it's... direct. They try to draw defenders in. Uh, you know, and usually when you get a couple of forwards coming in, 
The defenders will want to go double just side of the ruck. And if you get that quick play the ball, even you know on halfway or 40 out, and the defenders jam into that that play the ball region around the first receiver, Reese Walsh finds himself open and that's what he that's where he found himself last week, albeit with a forward pass to score the try. But that was effectively how they played. Is he the danger? Yes, uh, individually, yes. Um, there's a few areas where the Broncos have an advantage. One of them is speed, and the second one is uh, I think they've also got an advantage aerially um, with uh, Selwyn Cobble. Um, but I think the, the biggest threat is the speed of the Broncos, uh, principally Walsh, but there's plenty of other like Farnworth's quick. Um, Mam as a five eight is is very quick. Uh, all the forwards, are, you know, for, for big guys are mobile, but so are Penrith guys. So, uh, but it's it's yeah, Walsh with his speed. Um, we saw that uh, when he played State of Origin, because there was questions about him there, um, and his mistake rate. Well, yeah, he wanted, made one or two mistakes, but uh, gee, he, he made it difficult for New South Wales with the good things that he did. And um, yeah, Reese Walsh with his speed is is the biggest uh, threat. But based on what his forwards do with uh, Flegler, Carrigan, Payne Haas, if they make the meters that they did against the Warriors, then Penrith's got some issues. Um, so they've got to control those guys because in controlling those guys, you're going to limit what Walsh can do. But in in saying that, Reese Walsh can attack you from his own 20-meter zone if he has to. Um, he doesn't need to be down the opposition half to, to be dangerous. They score plenty of long-range ones, the Broncos. So, yeah, they're, they're a danger. They're a danger. Can I ask you about one player? Um, we, we don't talk a lot about him, but he's he's been very consistent, very solid for the Panthers this year, and he's been um, quite an integral part of this side. And he's, he's a starting player in a grand final. That's Scott Sorensen Griffo. I just want to get your thoughts on him because I don't think we talk enough about him and um, yeah, the, 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 the role he plays in this forward pack for the Panthers. Well, he works hard. He runs hard, tackles hard. He's reliable. Um, yeah, he came, you know, he, he, for the last few years, he'd been a benchy uh, and a very effective one. But uh, Billy Army Kikau leaves and it was thought that Probably Garner was, I guess, earmarked for that role. He had some problems with injuries early in the year. Um, Hosking was also very good. But uh, Scott Sorensen has stepped up to the plate and and he's, uh, you know, he can play 80 minutes if he needs to. Um, And and he'll give you a very strong 80 minutes. You just know he's going to get the job done. Um, Definitely. Yeah, he's not... 
the biggest guard. Well, none of the Penrith forwards are big. Um, every week I, I look at they're them. Strong though. They are. I, they're, they're, I, they're strong. There's strong. no doubt about they're that. They're strong. Yeah. yeah. Size but, doesn't yeah. always. No, no. Strength. These guys no. are strong. They get yeah. They get the job done. Mm. Um, but you, you look at them uh, at the game, and and you know when the scrum comes around, and 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 when the forwards actually pack into the scrum, um, you just see like even last week against the Storm, much bigger side, um, but like you say, they're strong and they. They dominate most forward packs. Um, the Broncos will be much bigger. Um, the likes of Haas and uh, and those guys in the forwards, Jordan, Ricky, they're big boys. Carrigan's a big guy. Um, yeah, they're, they're all, you know, and again, um, when they're out in the field, and, and I've, I've got seats that are not too far from, from the play, so... Uh, um, See, gee, you know, these guys are much bigger. Um, the backs are big, Cobo and uh, Tony Stag's not tall, but he's 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 very thick Nugget. set. And Farnworth's a big guy. Um, so they, they've got probably they've got size advantage, uh, they've got a height advantage, and I mentioned that earlier that that, that uh, if it becomes a game where um, the air. Has, has a big say in it, then the Broncos are an advantage. Um, Steve Crichton's really the only tall guy in the Panthers lineup. Uh, Isaiah Yo's pretty tall, but uh, these balls that go up in the air, they're not 50 50s. Penrith don't get too many of the, you know, they're, they're susceptible against these line dropouts. Um, but somehow they manage to overcome perhaps what might be considered considered physical um, deficiencies compared to their opposition. But uh, yeah, they, they they make up for it in in the way that they work for each other um, and just their fitness. Um, their fitness is is or has been key over the, this successful period. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think they can get the job done, but uh, I, I do. I don't want to use the word fear, but I certainly respect greatly the, the talent that the Broncos possess. And, and, and that's that's one of those things where we we see the talent that they have, and we we know the talent that the Panthers have. The the last thing I wanted to ask you before we, you know, start to to put a bow on this one, Griffo. The Panthers' interchange rotation. I mean, I, I, I mean, eight minutes ago, I said that I think the interchange is what's going to possibly win them the, the game. We know Luke Garner has been. He's been doing the hokey pokey a bit. He's been in. He's been out limited minutes in recent weeks. Um, Jack Cogger last week. It almost felt as though he was there as a. Well, effectively, Luai came back from injury. They yeah. pulled Luai off when the game was won. They put Cogger on. First question for you, Jack Cogger, what do you see as his role in a grand final this week? Um, all going well. It's a tight game. Everyone's fit. Where do you see him 
um, being a part of this squad, if if any. Well, he can cover Hooker if if something happens to Mitch Kenny, and obviously he's there as a backup in case Louis Short Louis shoulder hasn't really been spoken about much like it was last week. It was all about his shoulder. Well, he came through quite well, but yeah, he, you know, right. he, did, he had no one running at it though. Yeah, I yeah I, I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I'm, it, but yeah. it could mm-hmm. go first minute this game. Um, is is Jack Cogger just there as a cover? If if everyone's fit, does Cogger play? Um, probably not. But uh, say it's twelve all in the seventy fifth minute. Has Cogger played? You know, and everyone's fit. Cogger doesn't get on the field. Is he just there? Really, you feel as as um as are they effectively? Is is he there? As a backup, if someone injures himself or going to plan for Penrith, is it a three-man rotation on the bench? You know what? Penrith are that fit. They could, they can have that. They can good this team. I'll be honest with you. I think Lindsay That's Smith and Spencer Lee are the only reserves in this team. I think Luke Garner will play 15 Penrith minutes. Penrith the grand final with two reserves. Yeah, I, That's I how agree. good they are. They're so fit. Well, they, they, I agree. So Garner, Garner can cover your centre should something happen there. Um, I think it's a well, well-rounded bench in that, yeah. uh, and and the other thing is that they can shift um, some other players if need be. So, yeah. um, they they're covered for props, obviously. They're, with they're, they're covered, but all going there. well. Do does Garner play decent minutes, or do you see Lindsay no, Smith, Spencer, well, Spain no, playing big minutes, and these guys just chipping in if needed? Spencer Lanyu does not play big minutes. Um, they've got a role to play. But Graham, yeah. to be fair, but, they're, they're 13 of the big minute guys. Like, they've won games, very big games this year, where their bench have played 15 minutes max. They rely on the 13, and that's how good they are. That's how fit they that's, are. That's sort the of the point we're for, making. Big, that's that's the point we're making here. Big minutes for a Penrith bench player could be fifteen minutes, and that's and that's and that's sort of the the, the point I'm making here is that um, look Spencer Spencer plays about half an hour and Lindsay Smith he'll I, yeah, I think Lindsay Smith he's plays Spencer probably Lindsay more minutes than any other, any other rugby league Spencer player. Spencer and Lindsay Smith I reckon Spencer Lindsay and Lindsay Smith will play probably half an hour each at least like they'll be in that right. rotation and that'll mean that Fisher Harris and Look, Fisher Harris will be in that rotation, and Leota, they'll probably play fifty minutes each to 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 keep them fresh. Spencer Lenu. I I I I see this team. I see Lindsay Smith, Spencer Lenu, in a rotation with the forwards. I see Cogger there if needed. I see Luke Garner playing fifteen or so minutes. It may be, it it depends how Sorensen's going. Sorensen's on fire. You leave him on there. He's he's the type of player that's fit enough to go. He he is a specimen. That guy. He's a fit dude. But you may want to sort of freshen him up and get a bit of a rotation. That's where Luke Garner comes in. That's where I'm talking about this this bench. They're not going to rely as much on this bench as the Brisbane Broncos do. And I think when these rotations start to happen, when you start to get, you know. You, you might get a Flegler. Flegler's the type of bloke that 
you know, he might only play 50 minutes. You know, Payne Haas will have a break. Jordan Ricky, we know, he has a break. Pat Carrigan's not an 80-minute play. They, they've got a genuine ro- rotation there. We've got the likelihood of blokes like Hetherington and Smoothie and Pakura, even Palacia, all playing 30 to 40 minutes of this game. This is where I'm talking about that, that rotation happening, whereas... Penrith are that machine where they might play with a two-player rotation. Cogger may not get on the field and it may not bother them that they've got that fitness. But I just think that in that middle, from the 25th minute to the 55th minute, I think that's where Penrith's going to win it because I think they're going to have they're going to have their forwards. Their forwards are going to do more damage in that that area because I I'm not sure that. The um the Brisbane bench has has the impact that the uh the Panthers squad has. Wouldn't argue. Yeah. Mm. Um, I got to bring it up. I know this is a marathon, but it's a grand final episode. Been a bit of talk this week, guys. Um, I know you guys are gonna say it's a non-event. It's all bullshit, but I'm gonna bring it up anyway. Uh, referee Adam G. Got the run this week. I think Shano, you dubbed him. Was it you also earlier in the week and said you've dubbed him the Stephen Bradbury of uh, NRL referees? Um, this is pretty much a. This this is pretty much referees that have been in contention to referee the grand final over the past month or so, making key mistakes in the past few weeks and. Uh, Adam G, it's the the biggest game he'll referee. I, I read a statistic during the week that um, yeah, the biggest crowd he's ever refereed in front of is forty thousand people. I mean, unless you're going to referee a grand final, that's about the biggest crowd we get. I'm not buying into that too much. Um, I, I did love the stat that Penrith have an excellent record uh, with oh. Adam G as a referee. I think they're. They've only lost one game when he's uh, refereeing, but in all fairness, over the past three or four years, Penrith have only won a game, lost games here and there, so, you know. They're professionals. That is such a stupid stat to bring up, isn't it? Like, the fact that that's in the papers, and you feel like saying, well... No, it's just clickbait, fox shit. How many games have they lost? Like, if the guy's been given Penrith games... It was back in the day. I'm trying to think of the referee. It was the same with the Storm. There was some referee where it was it was like in 50 games, the Storm only lost one. And it's like, well, in any referee back then, the Storm would only lose one. You know, like... Yeah. And, 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 and do you know what the funny thing is? Because of the way the draw works out, I think, was it Sutton, the other referee? Um, Brisbane had a really good record with him. And then they were saying, Adam G's got a really good penis record. And the media outlets were almost geeing this up as, no pun intended, if if G gets the final, it suits Penrith. If Sutton gets the final, it suits Brisbane. At the, at the end of the day, this is what we say every year. Because people talk, they talk shit, all sorts of things. At the end of the day, have we had... There might be games where you go, oh, that was a dud call. Like last week, Warriors fans can go, oh, geez, there was you know a couple of forward passes there. At the end of the day, we got the two best teams, 
And I'm pretty confident that on Sunday, the best team will win. Like and the bloke in the middle. On Sunday, we've got an issue. Yeah, but I mean, it, yeah, it's true. Yes. But I, I don't know. I just feel like. A, a, a very, I feel like very rarely. Okay, name me the last time we had a premiership winner where you said, "Oh, they didn't deserve to win it because the referee fucked up." Well, uh, the Canberra Raiders. Yes, game. yeah, that uh, was what came Canberra to mind. I didn't agree with it. I thought it was okay, Probably but going six again. there are a lot of people that uh, that uh, yeah, the six again from Ben. The Canberra got comments. slightly dudded because they were under. They had the Roosters okay. under the pump. Repeat did, set would have Did the Roosters deserve to win the premiership that year? I think they did. I thought that you, you got get started. you get the point. Yeah, I, I know that, but you can't. What I'm saying is, it it all. I don't want to say it all evens out in the wash. At the end of the day, we've got the best two teams time, here. The right team wins. Yes. Yeah. At the end of the day, we've got the best two teams here. We've been talking about referee fuck-ups for 27 rounds, but at the end of the day, we've got the best two teams, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's what I'm saying. Let the teams play. Let's trust this bloke whose job it is. He's a better referee than me. Let's trust him. Give him a crack. Graham, I think we said it two or three weeks ago. Oh, maybe I didn't say it to you. I genuinely thought this guy would be, be the ref. I think what Volandi's put perfectly during the week is that it's not the referees we need to blame, it's the system. That when, you know, like those forward passes, that has nothing to do with the referees. They weren't there. They couldn't ca- keep up. The system... I'll be honest with you. Because- Rich Walsh is quicker than the touchy. That was the problem. Well, no, but that shouldn't be the problem because the video showed clearly that the actual player was offside when he passed it. It should have been a penalty. But anyway, but that's another... In 1969, we sent a man to the moon. In 2023, we can't a pass from technology. And this is what Volandis was saying, and I fully agree with him. It's got nothing to do with the fact that the speed of the touchy or the speed of the ref, that's stupid to even begin. In football... The ref, the touchy only looks after one half. It's got nothing to do with how quick yeah. the touchy. We it's should got have to do with common sense. Was four it touchies. a pass? Yes. Four touchies. Did the video show it. Yes. Well, give it. We have a north and a south touchy on either side. You are the north give touchy it. for the west. You are the north touchy for the yeah, east, so on and so forth. So stupid. I, I know we're taking the Mickey here a bit, but. Mate, yeah, on the, the technology weekend, could help. On the, weekend, the technology helps game, elsewhere. We're looking at a game on the weekend where it's going to be decided by, I think, is a single point. But We've it, seen it in two final series. Oh, no, the other one wasn't the final series, I don't think. Adam G, right. He used to play prop hours. for Brisbane, didn't he? What's that? Adam G, he used to play prop for Brisbane. True. That's Andrew. Uh, Andrew. Andrew. Andrew, but we're sorry, two powers in recent memory. Andrew G, isn't the that the guy from ref, Where the video ref oh. could have intervened and, and, and wasn't allowed to. That's all that matters is to say, look, guys, I'm sorry, this is a forward pass. You've got to go back down. It's not that hard. It's, it's, it's ridiculous that we're talking about it, actually, because 
it's a very simple solution. If it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck and it walks like a duck, well, it's a duck. If it looks like a forward pass and it's in front of the player when he throws it and it's propelled forwards and a forward pass. So why can't a guy in a million dollar setup indicate that that's the case? We have other calls, and I know we're going on attention here, we have other calls where they go, there is insufficient evidence to suggest that the ruling should be overturned. If they sent up forward passes and they said, oh, look, the angle's not quite right, we're not sure, we'll go with the on-field decision, no one would have a beef. That one the other night with the Reese Walsh, everyone, everyone watching at home just went, wow. As soon as he threw it, I've gone, I've gone, I've yelled, you know how you yell forward at the TV as a fan, you go, forward, Gosh, and you're laughing. Oh, you're afraid and then of. you're there, you're laughing and you're turning and you go, and you turn back to the TV and you go, oh shit, they're playing on. Right. You know what the biggest you problem know. is? Yeah. You know what the biggest problem in the NRL is? And we are hopeless at technology, you know, in embracing technology. Um, their biggest fear is if you can, if the video refs can say something's forward, well, then you can challenge it. So if I throw a line ball, I should be like, and that's their biggest problem. Yep. Well, yep. Insufficient evidence. You know what? You know Done. what? This is it. Okay, Graham, this is it. I'll show you. The World Cup of Cricket's coming up. Technology will tell me where the ball will end up based on a series of algorithms, and yet rugby league can't put something and yet rugby league can put a chip they in the ball at one which show me where the ball's trajectory is going technology is there we are in and this regard, pay for it. anyway there's a rugby league grand final coming up this is anyway all right so let's get to the point um griffo you're tipping the panthers what i need from you a tip a score and a churchill medalist um, okay, so Penrith, I can't remember what I put as my score, but I'll go with, uh, uh, let's say 28-20. Um, uh, and I think if Penrith win, there's a fair chance Nathan Cleary gets a Clive. Shana. Um... I've got the I have got the Broncos. I didn't want to say it, but I have to. I've got the Brisbane Broncos 1918. And I have Reese Walsh as the Clive Churchill medalist. Wow. I don't want Adam Reynolds to get it because that would <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd go in the fetal position. I'd wear a South Sydney jersey, go in the fetal position, and I wouldn't wake up for a fortnight. Reese Walsh. Head says Penrith. I'm going to go 18-6. Look, I want to say that if someone said put 50 on it, I'd say Penrith win, it'll be Cleary. I... I'd like to think Isaiah Yo. I'll give him a credit. Yeah, that's, that's a good pick, isn't it? If Isaiah Yo gets it, the house would come down. 
Yeah, it's almost like last year when I said I hope Edward. Remember the grand final preview yeah, last year? Yeah, Edward's, yeah, Edward's like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 cool. If Nathan Cleary, <laughs> let's let's go the hypothetical. Nathan Cleary wins the Churchill Medal. Now you guys, <laughs> you guys are older than me. You might know a bit more about this. My, I'm trying to work this out now. I know Bradley Clyde's won it twice. Mm-hmm. Oh well, really? I actually officially you know, was. I was watching Royce the other day. They showed the Roy Simmons when Royce scored that second try. I actually teared up. Now, please, I'm just if Cleary wins it again because Cleary won it in 2021. Yeah. Well, Dylan Edwards, you know, let's not rule him out. He's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But I think if Penrith win, Cleary's a fair shake. Would mm-hmm. the, uh, There's not many players that have won it twice. No. Um, I'd have to do my research here. But I'm feeling as though... I'm try off the top of my head. Brad Clyde's the only one I think can think of twice. Um, Cooper Cron, Slater, Slater, Slater. Now does 09 count? Oh, yeah. Slater won it in yeah. 09 and 2017. Cooper Cron with the Roosters and no, no. Nah, Cronk won it with the Storm in 2012. Mm-hmm. He's only won it once. Luke okay. Kibri won it in 18. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and like that, that. Other, and in 19, Jack White won it. Remember that? Yeah, that was ridiculous. So, from what I understand, someone will How many times has DC won it? Once. Because he won it when... When he they won lost. When the, he won it in 13. He won it when they lost the Roosters. You won in thirteen. The forty to nil. The, the there are only f- now. This is now. Look, you know, you guys tip. I tip Penrith. Griffo tip Penrith. Shane tipped Brisbane. We're, it doesn't necessarily have to be from the winning team. Um, Bradley Clyde in ninety one. No, but they they used to yeah they they Brad, used to come up with it like five minutes before yeah, the end yeah, even then yeah, was. When we say used to, I mean, Jack White, and that was only 2019. I think there's yeah. four players I can think of. Uh, Clyde in 91. Mackay in 93 for St. George. Yeah. Cherry Evans in 2013. Yeah. And Jack Sunday. White in 19. Robbed. Uh, and look, this, yeah, look, basically, if, if I think, look, let's just go with it. If Penrith win, Cleary's going to be a fair shake of winning the Churchill Medal. He will be, from my calculations, the only only the third player ever to win the Churchill Medal twice. And you heard it here first. I'm not ruling out him being the first player ever to win it three times. Because I think this Penrith team's on, on a run. There you go. You heard it here. 
All right. I, I don't know if there's much more we can add to that, fellas. You Anything else you want I to say? Penrith win. Can I say this, Gray? Penrith win. Yeah. Their forward pack's the one that's played out of their skin. True. The defense yep. in the middle is going to be outstanding. I actually think it's going to be a lot. Going to be shut down. Yeah. Some in the middle, Isaiah Yo, for me. But anyway. No, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I don't know if there's much more to be said, fellas. We've uh, covered a lot of ground. Um, we're just coming out to three and a half hours here. Um, interesting, Shana has got. It, look, we uh, we sometimes do three and a half hours and it's just round six, so we shouldn't be banging on too much. But um, massive game this week. Penrith looking to make history. Game Brisbane, Brisbane, in their own right, I suppose, looking to make history, stopping this Penrith side, starting their own run, their own dynasty. Um it's going to be a belter of a weekend. Sunday is going to be a huge day. It's the biggest day in the rugby league calendar. We're looking forward to it. We really thank you. If you are listening to me speak now, you are a true fan. Um, you need help, but we love you. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for being a part of Carpool Rugby League. Um, we'll jump back on next week and have a review of the grand final as off-season stuff to talk about too but we really want to thank you for being a part of the show any last words fellas anything else we need to add no just a goodbye and thank you for listening yeah really appreciate your support we really love doing this you know at the end of the day it's one of those situations where if no one listened to us it doesn't matter because we have fun doing this and we're looking forward to the grand final this week um should be a belter and uh, congratulations to all involved. Yeah, I'll no, two best, teams, two best yeah, teams got there. In any way, shape, or form on the day, congratulations. And good luck to you, Griffo, because it's a big deal when your team's in it. It is. Have a good one, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye.